my friends to yet another edition of smoking a toast and it's the little program that's all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars and we are here for show number 153 at the wonderful vip lounge at uh, casa de monte cristo by serious cigars which you know when i was growing up was just serious cigars but now it's part of the Love Casa de Monte Cristo chain, and uh, our buddy uh, Ken Wynn here is always uh, kind enough so to gracious, invite us yes. to, uh, to do the broadcast every once in a while. So we are, we are thrilled to be here, and we prowled the uh, humidor for smokes, and uh, so we'll talk about those uh, here momentarily. But first of all, welcome to show number 153. Welcome to our special guest, Jeremiah Butler, hey. friend of the show. And, hey, that'll um, probably help. And today we will also... I, I figured this is perfect since you're here because they've announced the best whiskey in the world. So I'll be interested to see your reaction. I doubt I'll have an opinion. Uh, yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, and <laughs> I've and, never you known know, you to have an opinion. Actually. And you I've know, never liked doing the show with Ian, you know, I always worry he's not going to want to weigh true. in. It's so true. I thought, what can we possibly do? Yeah, no, this will be exciting. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. So not only will we uh, reveal what that is, but I'm also going to ask you guys. What what you like like what do you think is the best whiskey mm. in the world? So something to think about. So the if answer, I'm distracted for right. the entire rest of this episode, you know what I'm thinking about, right? Yes, yes. Exactly. The answer to the best whiskey is yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Is there is there any other answer really? Uh, plus the fascinating story, and I, so I always beer. always think of you uh, uh, when I think of rums, even though. I think, honestly, you're really more of a whiskey guy in sure, my brain. Sure, sure, sure. But I always I'm think of you the rum rum because you and I sure. have had some enjoyable rum uh, experiences together. The intense uh, rum so moments t- that bring today us together. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk us back through how rum actually came to be. Excellent. Like, who first came up with the idea yeah, this is a fun for story. rum? So we'll go through that, talk a little bit about that. Plus, ABN Bev has passed on the purchase of the Craft Beer Alliance. We talked about it last week as being almost a done deal. Right. And they said, oh, wow. nope, we're not going to do it. So that's interesting. We'll pass that along to you. Plus, we have some very interesting beers to taste today. Abita Brewing's Strawberry Lager. I thought before we get out of summertime, we should absolutely uh, taste the strawberry uh, lager. Uh, any excuse to drink that yes, beer is absolutely. okay with me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we have something interesting from a collaboration from Matchless Brewing and Georgetown Brewing, both from the Seattle, Washington area, both very well-respected crap breweries, mm-hmm. uh, they got together and did a collaboration IPA called Juice Bomb Units. I'm I, in for this. I just I'm like the title. I'm I just Juice like Bomb title. Units yeah. IPA. I have you know, no fun, idea. Funny story, that was my nickname in high school. Juice Bomb <laughs> Units. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, certain parts of it at different yeah. times. I mean, Yeah. I had a similar nickname, but the NFL wouldn't let me put it on my jersey, so I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I quit. Uh, also, and it's, I didn't realize this until uh, after we'd already had it scheduled, and then we were talking about you being able to be on the show. But the last time you were on the show, we were upstairs at, at B&B. Yes. And uh, one of the beers that we pulled out was from Drake's Brewing. It was Island something. Island Dreams. Island Dreams. I and it was right. amazing. And we all went so crazy yes. over it. Remember? Yes. It was, the, it. Uh, it was part of the uh, uh, Advanced Oak uh, 
series from uh, Drake's Brewing, which is out of San Leandro, California. Well, today, coincidentally, we have another of that series from Drake's Brewing, Advanced Oak. Uh, it's the Advanced Oak Quint, the Belgian-style quintuple golden ale. Oh. And it's been subjected to... I like, I like thinking of beers being subjected to aging, <laughs> as opposed to, you know... Uh, being gently aged. I think it's more like you get in there and age, damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been subjected to uh, aging just like all the beers in that uh, mm-hmm. in that uh, series. So uh, so really excited because we all love that last one so much. It's really one of the uh, well, Island Diaries. Is that what it was called? That's what it was. Island, Island Diaries. Diaries. I had the cool right. sunglasses, had the cool on, sunglasses yeah. on the yeah, label. Absolutely. And it was so good. I went... Went home thinking, how can we get more of this? Yeah. This is the David Lee Roth album. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm just going to go out on a limb today. You could listen to a hundred other podcasts today, and on none of them will you hear the phrase, look like the cover of a David Lee Roth album. That's right. So this will be the only one. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, so uh, anyway, Jeremiah, we're so glad you're here. We love talking. Yeah, man. Uh, we love talking all things cigars and whiskey and rum and, and craft beer with you. And, uh, of course, we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, they are located at the uh, Washington Ave location in Houston, 1814 Washington Ave. Uh, they're in the shops at Clear Fork and Fort Worth. And then, of course, we've got you know the family growing, BB Italia on mm-hmm. Memorial in Houston, mm-hmm. BB Lemon, which is right across the street from B&B on Washington Ave in Houston. Absolutely. And then what else can you tell us? I, I, I don't want to push for things you're not supposed to talk about yet, but um, right, what else can right you now, tell us? I, I can definitely talk about Annie. Um, so for, for anybody that doesn't know or is familiar with Cafe Annie, um, they kind of shut down. We're being remodeled recently. Uh, we took over as the managing partner. Um, our The Berg Hospitality Group did. Uh, Robert is still the executive chef and all that. We're just adding some components uh but man it, it was such a houston institution and so, we yeah, Cafe Annie just, was thought of as like when yeah, you were thinking like just, you want to go to like one of the two three best restaurants oh, in the city absolutely and, that and, one's and, always and, in the and, conversation in the country, right and, yeah i mean robert O'Gron, i mean if i'm not mistaken he was the first james beard award winner uh mm. from texas uh mm. please don't skewer me if i'm completely wrong <laughs> on that but i know he is I think a that may be beard true winner, yeah but i believe so um but phenomenal food uh, I've, I've gotten a chance to hang out with uh, a lot of their, their guys more around the restaurant. Uh, it's going to be awesome. They, they've redone the place. They've uh, put a bathroom upstairs, which is clutch. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's actually going to be – they've kind of split the space into two concepts. Um, so you're going to have more of a like a dinner club downstairs and then nice. Annie Bar and Cafe upstairs. But – you know, it's us, so it's going to be big and busy and that's great. Fast I love paced. it. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I was in lots uh, of whiskey. I was in B and B the other day. It was it was a restaurant week, and man, you were humming. Yeah, just well, like you are when it's not restaurant week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's it's it made such a great cause, and you know, we've been the record setter for a long. It's it's going to be very difficult for our record to be topped, right? Except by us. So okay. uh, hopefully this year we break the hundred thousand mark. Last year we donated about ninety seven thousand dollars to the Houston Food Bank. So B&B that's was awesome. Also- Can you explain the restaurant week? Because we have some viewers that yeah. Aren't so here Houston, Houston restaurant weeks basically there's about one hundred and thirty restaurants um, that uh, uh, participate, and all these different restaurants put together. Uh, prefix um, f- uh, fixed price menus. Some are two courses, some three, uh, usually 35 or $45. And then of each menu, a percentage of that, I know ours is a three course, $45 dinner menu, and $7 of that goes to the Houston Food Bank. And if I'm not mistaken, that gets about nine meals. See, I'd love um, the transparency there, though. You yeah. know exactly how much is yes. going. Yeah, absolutely. Going, a portion absolutely. of the proceeds, which might be a lot, or it might not. Here's, be, a, here's like, a thought to consider. Okay, if you're going to uh, B and B, you're going to get a three course meal for forty five dollars, right? 
and you take $7 out of that immediately, you're paying $38 for an amazing, yeah. when are you like an get absolutely that kind of meal amazing yeah. meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's uh, crazy. There's a reason that. We're well, and, and, and here's the other thing. Houston sure. Restaurant Week is no longer a week. It's a month now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so they, they still, still call, call it, week. it Yeah, they yeah. still call it Houston Restaurant Week. Well, technically, Cleverly Wised up a little bit, and it's Houston Restaurant Weeks. Plural. Yeah, weeks. Yeah. You know. They snuck an S in on us. Um, yeah. But it's it's a great cause, and, and, you know, we're just, it's it's awesome. It's, and a lot of cities do this type man, of thing. But I, I love Houston restaurant weeks yeah. is one of the better ones. Yeah, well, and what I, what I don't know um, that any any other restaurant week in the country does it on the scale that Cleverly right. has gotten this to. Like, yeah, she really impressive. has built this into an institution. Yeah, that's um, impressive. And, you know, people get to go out and try, you know, it's not just being Right, you, right, you try things that you might not have absolutely. tried otherwise, which is what's absolutely. great about it. Well, yeah, you get to go to the absolute highest end restaurant. In in Houston, and there are many high end restaurants in Houston, and you get to go there for thirty five to forty five dollars, depending yeah. on lunch or dinner. It's that's unbelievable. Yeah, it really and, is. And, and you're supporting a good cause while yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, so and it's a win win. You know, at, at the prices being that good, it leaves you some money to spend at the uh, bar uh, at the where Jeremiah has right at the end of, a few at the end of your items uh, uh, tucked away. Yeah, it says, well, actually, we'll, we'll taste one later on in the show. That's that's like on the way on okay. the way to the Perfect. bar. So, so awesome. also coming up on the show, and also in relation to B and B butchers and restaurant, which was the location for the very first whiskey sniff Ooh. on this show <laughs> today, we will be announcing the second annual whiskey sniff. That's crazy. Whiskey Sniff I love that 2019. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it, Ian. I thought, you know, looking back at it last year, it's like, well, what was it like? Well, we got a bunch of really cool people together. We had some cigars. We drank some really awesome drinks. Tried a lot of different pairings. Yeah, we should do that again. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? That was a blast. It didn't take that long. Like back there. <laughs> right? Oh, it, it was a great deal of fun. And I know a lot of people... You know, uh, weren't able to be there or heard about it after the fact, and you know, so we we are going to be enlarging it this year. So we'll and tell we're pushing you. it a little later in the year so that we get a little nicer weather, just a little bit. It's, it's gonna a little be, it's gonna warm, be but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be yeah, perfect. It's I'm, be perfect. I'm really so excited. We'll, we'll definitely go into it's, the top it's four. awesome if it's like I wear a jacket and I'm comfortable weather. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so for sure. So we'll get into that in the next uh, in the next segment and tell you about this. Obviously, tickets aren't on sale yet. This is the announcement, but we will tell you as soon as uh, tickets are on sale. We'll let you know, and it won't be long. So. No, not at all. Yeah. Won't be long. So, all right. So, so much going on. We are in um, uh, Cafe uh, Casa de Monte Cristo mm-hmm. by Serious Cigars. So, this is uh, often uh, Ian. This would be the point in the show where I'd ask you what you smoked this week, but instead you're smoking now. So, maybe you want to tell us what you got. I went into that lovely humidor that they have, and you know, I one of the fun things about this is, is I always humidor shop anyway. I wander around the humidor mm-hmm. and look around, but. They have these two racks right as you walk in the humidor that are that are literally what's new. Mm-hmm. So you just walk in and you're like, like the oh, newest releases I they've got. This in. right, yeah, the absolute right. new releases. So I saw this uh, uh, Monte Cristo uh, Nicaragua series here, and this is the Churchill mm-hmm. that I'm uh, that I'm having. I don't know anything about it. It started off a little peppery. Uh, it's uh, it's settling into a nice pepper and toast kind of flavor going mm-hmm. on right now with a little traditional. Uh, traditional tobacco and uh, a little earthiness. Then it's it's a great cigar so far. All right, I uh, watched you. I was in the humidor with you this time, um, and I watched the Ian humidor routine because <laughs> everybody kind of has one, you know. Yes. And and uh, you know it's like the way you the way you do the humidor, you know, yes, whether yes. it's uh, scanning top to bottom, yeah, well, or maybe yeah. you know left to right, or or so this is what Ian does. Ian goes directly. I mean, like beeline. 
here at Casa de Monte Cristo for that end cap with the new releases on yes. it, right? Studies them, looks everything over, and then he gently makes the circle <laughs> all the way through the humidor. This is, this is 100% true. Arriving back at the new release uh, end cap there where he makes his selection. And it's about a 50-50 that something's coming off the end cap. Right. Yeah, you, know. you might pick something up on your way uh, your way around or, or you might... Get back there and see. So you know, and the other thing too is I didn't see any of the uh, any of the Southern Draw Cedrus in there. I almost always buy one of those. When you I'm know, here those, that's such so a good, good. Cigar. like and I'm just props out to that cigar. cigar. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting and fun watching you. Uh, I chose something that I had not tried. This is the Romeo and Julieta by Aging Room, and so Aging Room has really developed a great reputation for themselves and. There's this very interesting trend going on right now with the bigger names in cigars. Mm-hmm. The Monte Cristos, the uh, Romeo and Julietas, uh, the uh, H. Upmans. Uh, a lot of these brands are kind of like revitalizing themselves and trying to become more current and relevant, even though they're some of the biggest names in cigars. Is this, do you think this is much like the... Uh, the- pop music phenomenon where everybody was like it's this artist featuring some other I artist. I think it's exactly like that. Like, yes, I, do. I think I, do. I think we can thank Santana for that. I think Santana That Supernatural was, yeah, album exactly. was like the first one of those really. Right, exactly. Uh, like would you have like would you have bought the Rob Thomas album for Smooth? No. But no. I sure am glad I have the Santana yeah, album that's, that's got that is, on there. That is an you know? oddly this is, this, great this, album. This is going to a dark, dark place. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, yeah. uh, but uh, what a lot of the major cigar uh, brands have done is they've teamed up with some of the hot up-and-coming names, A.J. Fernandez. Sure. Yeah. A.J. Fernandez doesn't sell nearly as many cigars as H. Upman or Monte Cristo, but bringing his name and having mm-hmm. him do a blend for them gives them a new energy, gives them a new little yes. piece on life, gets them to maybe begin to uh, attract a consumer that has kind of think begin to think of them as an older brand right, you know right. yeah i've had that i've tried that i'm looking for what well, we all we all fall victim to that like yeah. we see that same brand all the time we don't right. always pick it up because it's a known factor right it's not know, because I it's can bad always, i can always get money Crystal. but i can always yeah. try yeah right. exactly, exactly exactly so that's part of it but i also have to point out that if it follows music trends like now mm-hmm. this cigar is this cigar featuring this other mm-hmm. blender the next trend that's going to happen is this is uh, this cigar, and then it's going to have a list of about seven or eight blenders on there. Right, right. Like the songwriting credits nowadays have yeah. like nine people on it. So can you imagine what that would be like? Like you get all the blenders together and go, okay, you bring a Nicaraguan tobacco. You bring a tobacco from Honduras. <laughs> right. You bring something from the Dominican Republic. We'll put it all together and see what happens. Yeah, you bring the wrapper. Yeah, uh, right. Like you, bring you bring the wrapper. Yeah, you're important. You bring the wrapper. Uh, so this one, anyway, is the... Uh, Romeo and Julieta by Aging Room, and Aging Room, you know, certainly one of those up and coming. Uh, yeah, uh, more more around the brand man, name that, than a that Quattro a person. No, we've but, we've mown oh, through a few boxes oh, of those man. Quattros. Yeah, the Quattro is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All of the Quattro line, I've I've tried are fantastic. So uh, this one has started out very nice. Now I will say I started it, and then we started the show, and then I had to relight when I picked it back up, which worried me a little. Uh, because I was thinking the draw might be a little tight, but it does seem to be fine now that I've been able to pay attention to it for a moment. So uh, loving the flavor on this. It's big. It's earthy. It's got that sort of pepper blast. I don't mm-hmm. know what the um, what the tobacco configuration is on this, but it sure is hitting me like Nicaraguan. So 
Uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll check it out. So, uh, so what are you smoking there, my man? Uh, I am smoking a Monte Cristo Habana Torpedo. See, there's one in every crowd. I Got just to. have to say that. Got to be. <laughs> He's I, that I, guy. I, I, yeah, I, I, that hey, guy. man, I'm lucky. And I don't get to smoke cigars as often as I'd like to, so right. I try and... So you try to optimize the I situation? I try to. I try to. <laughs> but actually, today, um, before you, you actually... I'm actually going to move to this one next, but I yeah. had originally planned... I actually brought a small batch Monte Cristo torpedo that uh-huh. is not Habana, and was going to do kind of a side-by-side. Oh, kind of like a, yeah. What do you um, call that? A... a, a Vertical. A vertical. Thank you. There That's you the go. word I was But I think vertical's about. year to year, but maybe yeah, that's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Pepsi Challenge? Is Pepsi, Pepsi Challenge still a thing? Pepsi, Pepsi Challenge. challenge. <laughs> <laughs> which, one, which one is new Pepsi? Yeah, um, right. You know, Pepsi I, actually, clear. I actually talked to one Pepsi of my clear. Oh, I think clear Pepsi. Three Speaking of, uh, of Van Halen. I think three of those. <laughs> right, right now. That was oh, a great yeah, commercial. That was a clear Pepsi. That was a clear Pepsi commercial. You know, I haven't thought about that. But I actually had somebody young that is going to show, I felt so old because they asked me, they were like, Wait, there was a second Coca-Cola? And I had to explain, yes, that's why there's Coca-Cola Classic on the on the label of Coke. Right. Because at one point there was new Coke and there was like a soda revolt. So where do you where do you line up on the conspiracy theory on this? Because so so the official story is Pepsi was winning these challenges when they would go do blind taste tests. I remember they, all they those kept, commercials. They kept beating Coke, time, right? Yeah. They, they would beat Coke. And generally the reason was because the original Coke recipe was not as sweet as Pepsi. So when you're, when you're in a blind taste test situation, you're sitting there with the two of them, the sweeter one probably comes across to your palate a little better, just especially to a Especially a if you try the not sweet one first. Right, exactly. Hint, right? exactly. So, so let's say you do that. Pepsi's winning, so Coke thinks we've got a problem. This is the official story. And so they basically relaunch their flagship brand with a sweeter recipe. Then there's an outcry from the people who loved the old brand. Based on the response to the outcry, they re-release Coca-Cola Classic. It goes back to being the undisputed number one selling soft drink beverage. And what may have looked like Pepsi won the battle turned out to really be Coke winning the battle. That's the official story. The unofficial story is that Coke did it to increase market share, that the whole thing was a plan the whole time because they kept the new Coke on the market for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's actually some speculation now that there's other products in their line that may actually be the new Coke. It's just labeled something different. But uh, but anyway, the whole idea basically was that uh, if you believe the conspiracy theory, that Coke did it on purpose. What do you, what do you think? I, I mean, those guys are smart. They're, they're, they're really good at making money, and marketing is definitely like a thing where being coy and especially creatively deceptive is very very uh still it's a big risk it is a huge risk you know yeah to tank i mean your I, flagship brand I do, even i do want to point one simple thing out yeah i actually like pepsi better do you really yeah, yeah. yeah. is great actually. i do i do see i'm a, I'm a dr pepper and guy. if i Diet if, dr. if i drink pepper. pepsi i like it cold in a glass no ice yeah i don't know why well soft in, in in have, have you have you seen it heb they have the the little mexican pepsis no, I haven't. They're uh, not cheap. They're like a dollar twenty nine a pop, but they are amazing. Awesome. I have four of them in my refrigerator it's right different now. Different sugar, right? Well, yeah, the thing yeah. about the Mexican sodas is they use actual sugar, not right. high fructose corn syrup. Right, right. So that's so why the media chose the Mexican mm-hmm. cokes taste infinitely better. Well, my last uh, last trip to Mexico, I actually found something I hadn't found before, which was 
Dr. Pepper Light, which is the yes, Mexican yeah. version yeah, of like they don't have Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. Oh, wow. It's, it's, co- yeah, it's Coca Light. Coca Light, right. Uh, <laughs> but I, I found that for the first time, so yeah. I was very, very excited. So. Okay, somehow we've become uh, uh, soft drinks and toasted. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> so, this, this part. So let's. <laughs> strange. I, all right, I need whiskey. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> booze, we need now. To, we need to start talking booze, and we need to do it quick. So we'll be right back with our next uh, segment, which will do a little beer tasting and maybe even start talking about the best whiskey in the world. It's uh, it's smoking, bubbling, and toasting, and we'll be right back. And welcome back. It's show number 153 for the podcast known internationally as Smoking and Toasting. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, bacon, 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 bacon. That's, Pre- that's prestige we've, worldwide. We've come up with that as the slogan, by the way, for your restaurant. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Bacon, 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 yeah. We, so sometimes we just identify you and say, bacon, bacon, bacon. And no one has tried to correct us. Hey, Cruz, watch this. Bacon. Okay. Wow. Even when we're on location, ladies and gentlemen, we may not have as many cameras, but the sound effects have their same high-tech, low-tech authenticity. Yes. Yes. Which I love. Ian has opened up, and I think we're all very thirsty. Uh, Ian has opened up the Abita Strawberry Lager, which is the first uh, beer that we're going to be sampling here on the show. Now, I will say, strawberry beers... Kind of run the gamut for me. They're either sure. very, very good or very or bad. Very, well, very not so much. I find that to be the case with most of the fruit-driven beers. Though, yes. like uh, the Sam Adams. For example, I don't know if you've had the mm-hmm. the cherry wheat. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool if you're barbecuing. Yeah, you know, but it's a very specific application. Yeah. Right. And the first time I ever had a fruit beer that I didn't hate was actually the a bit of the purple haze with the, the purple the, haze. Okay. The, the raspberry. Kind right. Of right. And that's kick to it. That's a very intense sort of a beer. Too. Absolutely. It really is. So. But you know me, uh, great food beer. Yes. I tend yes. to drink beer mostly yeah. when I'm eating. Right. Right. It, it just depends how you you know. I, I drink beer mostly when I'm doing dishes, but that's a complete sure. other. Uh, that's a complete the, other thing. The so. biggest problem I find with fruit beer is. A lot of people tend to make it super sweet. Right. Add and sweetness beer is just to it. Not it doesn't meant to need be to be sweet. that sweet. Right. Um, beer can be inherently sweet, like uh, like barley wines and things like sure. that. But it's a it's totally a different, different kind of sweet. Sweetness. Yeah, totally yes. different kind of sweet. Yes, so is. the bottom line is it's it's hard, I think, to balance. Let's make a beer that has the essence of this. Now, strawberry, if it's done right, I think can be done really well because strawberry is not inherently that sweet. Mm-hmm. It's actually, agree. There's a tartness it's, to it. It's actually very city. tart. So well, I, yeah, there's a reason that so many of the fruit-oriented beers or beers that have fruit aromas to them have a tendency to start in the citrus area. You, you've got your lemons, is, you've got your, uh, you know, your orange, your blood so orange, your grapefruit, and, and so on. This is so. uh, this is kind of delightful, actually. Kind it's of delightful. Kind of like delightful. That. Um, so, so you're familiar with this already, absolutely. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, I want to say hi to uh, Fred over at Maduro's. He's he's uh, just logged on. What's up, Fred? Um, Howdy, Fred. So this. Uh, you know, I, I like these um, uh, sparkling waters with flavor. You know, not yes. sweetness with flavor. This, this is like a strawberry version of that for beer. This right. has the strawberry effervescence to it and the flavor, especially on the retro hail. But it's very beer. I think they nailed it's very this. Beer. One. This I think is they nailed fantastic. this. One. Well, I think yeah. one of the keys to this one is it's really, really bright from mm-hmm. a carbonation standpoint. Re- yes. Yes. 
So you and get that really, really bright sort of mouthfeel to and it. And that doesn't always work, but in no, this case, it no. does. And this, it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, yeah. it tastes like summer. Like, wow. It's and, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it is since we're, you know, it's not, we're it's, trending towards September here. So it's, you it's know? not perfumey either. It's a no. good much. way to say it's, it. Yes. It's very much like a like Because that was always the thing that turned scent. me off in the earlier days of fruit beers. Before all the citrusy IPAs, even before you get out. it to your nose, right. it's like whoa, right. what's the, happening? Yeah, here? there's so much of that, you know, mm, mm, sort of sickly yeah. sweet, uh, sort of sort of fruit well, I think, vibe. But um, this and, is not that way at and all. Kudos to uh, kudos, definitely to um, Sam Adams. But I think that's what cherry wheat suffered from. Cherry wheat was too sweet. Um, I, I'm well, not. A, I'm not the, a big fan of it, and I like a lot of Sam Adams beer. But the the just... problem with the cherry wheat was it was a, it was a, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was a beer that was a seasonal that they mm-hmm. took permanent, like four right. weeks. Yeah. It used to be like a double cherry bock or like right. a double cherry right. lager that you could uh-huh. only get like for like a month or two out of the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being really excited when I saw the cherry wheat, and it's just you can drink like if you're out. At the grill and it's really hot. I can I can I can get one down. They're nice, but I think by the time you get to that second beer, it's just you, you, well. It should this be this I don't I think drink six of these. I don't. Yeah, I don't think this suffers from any of that. This is a delicious yeah, beer with some raspberry should. flavor to it. Six well, yeah. right. <laughs> this is a. Uh, I want is this I, I is this a seasonal juicy ripe Louisiana I, I strawberries I harvested that it is a seasonal, yes. at the peak of the season? Give this crisp lager its mm-hmm. strawberry flavor and aroma. A beat of strawberries made with. Pilsner and wheat malts, traditional hops, the finest Louisiana-grown strawberries, resulting in a light gold lager with subtle haze. Wow. This, I, you know, they nailed it. They did great. Four point two percent, very uh, sessionable. It looks the. It actually the 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 wrapper looks sweeter than the beer is. This is yeah, yeah. It gives you like a <laughs> scent. Like, it gives it more you, like a soda. Yeah, it gives yeah. you a little bit of that, but it, it almost a classic soda kind of mm-hmm. look on it. I will say that this beer also does something really interesting that not a lot of you know you know that feeling that you get when you've had a beer that you really like and you take that last swallow and you go, yeah, I would really love another one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this beer has that. But it also has a different sort of I really want another one, which is the kind that you get when you have a nacho cheese Dorito. You, you <laughs> And you go, I really want another one. It's, it's, it's a different it's got kind of... It's a different kind Yeah, you want it. Uh, you want a, another one for a different reason. There's there's wanting another beer because another beer sounds great, and that was really good. Indeed. And then there's that flavor-driven... Yeah. Mm, I, I want to yeah. taste that flavor again. And so this beer has both of those things, which could make it extremely dangerous. Chris, after yeah, all that, if you do not have another one of these Abitas in that bag, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. I know we have other beers to try, but... Yes. Well, I feel like you're messing with my emotions. Two words for you here, my friend. Advanced oak. Advanced oak. Yeah, yes. That's the, that's the Belgian quint that we'll be trying later on. In the uh, I'm Plus, looking forward to that. We will be talking rum. Uh, Appleton Estate uh, Rare Blend, 12-year Jamaican rum. Excellent. We'll be trying that on the show. And I know we, we have some other rum things to talk about. Certainly. Uh, uh, the two of us. But uh, I thought maybe this would be a good time for us to just go ahead and get into this Best whiskey in the world. The award has been given out. Uh, it is that's uh, a big throwdown. Do they, do they have like the top the five, or they just they're just boom? In, this is the one. I believe that they did, but in, in the article that I'm looking at here, this is just talking about the winner. Okay, and it is. Um, I'm just trying to get to the easiest part of this to read. Um, it is significant because um, 
for the first year, I believe. It's okay. I wanted to make sure I knew exactly what we we're talking about. This is the World Whiskey Trophy winner at the International Wine and Spirit Competition. Okay, so, so San Francisco. So, so, yeah, so the Olympics of spirits. Right, the Olympics of spirits. It's just totally legit. So the winner of best whiskey in the world, Redbreast twelve-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey. It That's scored a, a remarkable 98 points to take home the highest honor in the competition. And uh, Well, at least those I, guys at Jameson got one thing right. Yeah. <laughs> Irish whiskey apparently did really, really well in general. Absolutely. This year. Irish whiskey has uh, had kind of a resurgence. But this is, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time an Irish whiskey has been named best to whiskey my, to, in to the my, world to my knowledge, in, in this competition. Quite possibly. So... Um, so the, the only thing I can think of, maybe it's somewhere somewhere down the line, Middleton possibly was in there. Maybe, but, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah it's, a, it's a definitely the first of note. And the first, I would say, accessible. People yes. know this whiskey. People, it, it's, Middle, Middleton, very rare, Barry Crockett Legacy, and Jameson Cooper's Crows were also both honored. Excellent. I haven't so, tried that one. Yeah. The you Cooper's that? Crows yeah. is good. I haven't tried yeah. that. So, so talk to me about it. Have you it's had... actually the notch in the barrel head this? is what the Crows is, where the, where the barrel head seals the barrel... So all the staves are like this, and then there's like the little, right, the little notch divot, on the top, right. and they hit the barrel head, and that that little groove is the crows, the crows, oh, okay. crows. See, you learn something Cooper new. Cooper knowledge, on this show. you never. Know. You learn something new on this show. It's good. It's <laughs> good. Shout out to Balvini for that. Yeah, thank you for, thank you for the trip to the cooperage. So Redbreast, twelve-year-old single pot still. Have you had this? Uh, absolutely. And what do you think of the? Uh, what do you think of it being the winner? Um, I think it's cool. Uh, I definitely think that. Uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this style of whiskey winning because right. I love the idea of the single pot still where you, you've got these guys making whiskeys the old way and, and right. small amounts and cutting the heads and tails and redistilling those and you know it's 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 a beautiful thing. Um, as far as my own personal preference, I think I'm uh, again like I, I it's it's a little on the smooth side. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I tend so you're to, looking for a little more bite. I like sting. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anybody that's ever watched me on the show would. You know, yeah, no, I've yeah. got the mad palate, but I, I think, I think this, I think that style winning is very important, um, and I think it's, 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 a, it's a cool feather in the cap for them, man. So, guys, we, we definitely sell a fair amount of it. So. I feel let's, like, I feel like there's a question coming up. Here. Yeah, let's put the question to you, and and let me just rather than just saying what do you think is the best whiskey in the world, let me frame it slightly differently. Okay, there's you've had bad news and good news. The bad news is you're going to be shipwrecked on an island for a little while. Just you, nobody else there. The good news is there's a supply of food and water. And also shipwrecked right next to you is a supply boat carrying cases and cases of whiskey. Thing is, if you got to pick that whiskey, in other words, this is your desert island whiskey. Mm. One whiskey for you on the island to sustain you as much as you want. But, but money's no object because it's shipwrecked there. So it's not like you have to worry about what you paid for it, right? The best whiskey in your world that you would want to be your your uh, island mate. Okay, wait. I have a, I have a caveat question. Does this is this is this island an island that receives allocations? Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, yes, allocations okay. are available on the island. Okay, good. I just yeah. want to make sure. In fact, the boat could have been headed for an allocation location. Yeah, because I was I'm, 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 I'm like, I was about you know you, you say Blanton's and you're like ha and you can't even get it there. Well, right. so you're just like an amazing <laughs> right. double whammy. That would have been it would have been a good joke, but uh, but no, it's a, all right. No, all if, right. It, if it's Blanton's, you can get it there, and you got a ship full of it. Okay, well it's not Blanton's for me. Okay. So okay, although that's great whiskey. It is great, great whiskey. whiskey. 
Um, okay, so uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. Because I like, have. It's like naming your favorite your favorite child, your favorite you know niece or nephew. Or I whatever. have three to four that pop up in my head immediately, and it'd be hard to choose between them. So just to just to run down my four, that would be uh, the uh, cast strength um, Whitmires. Mm. Oh, okay. I that's so chocolatey. It, it, it is. That is a great so bottle, and it's, it's local. So that's good. that's fantastic. Um, and that one would be tough to beat, except for the fact that there's uh, the Glenfiddich 14. Phenomenal release. So good. Burn barrel the whole time. So good, so good. And then there's um, the Signet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's... Uh, oh. The Magic Glenmore and G Black Barley. <laughs> yeah, that one's so good. It is, it is. I have, I have about... Three ounces of it left sitting in my house. And uh, I'm just trying not to drink. Right, right. You got to covet the last little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's just stick with those three. I, oh, that's it's a great desert island, though. That's yeah. that's yeah. That's and that's stylistically, so you're already keep... cheating by going with three. Right? No, no. I'm, not, I'm not going with three. I'm, so you're going to narrow it down. I'm whittling it down, and I would have to say, out of all those, um, and money's no object. That's yeah, so it's not about the dollars, uh, but but Glen it does. Scotia's but that so doesn't good. necessarily mean you want the most expensive whiskey you can get. No, it's yeah. true. I, it's out true. of all those, I think, and oftentimes the most expensive is not if necessarily I was going the best. For a daily, like a daily flavor profile that I think I would enjoy that would go with most foods that I would have to kill and cook over a campfire. Yeah, so it might need to go with squirrel and and you know duck, right? And what kind of island is this? I was thinking seafood. There, yeah, well, well, seafood too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm and crab you could, and everything. You could else. rig a net, and you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you kill all the. Du- I mean, you know, I mean, I think right now, uh, to my palate, I'd, I'd probably go with the Whitmire's the, the uh, cast strength because I just love that big bold chocolate. The big chocolate yeah. I love the huge. Uh, uh, the bite from it, it's it's uh, it's huge. It's like 120 proof. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a big whiskey. Crazy, it's a big yeah. whiskey. It's good stuff, man. So uh, I think I'd have to go with that right now, but that Glenfiddich is right behind it. That 14 just makes me so happy. It's true. So, All right. <sighs> <laughs> it's See, all is, you. This is how you stump an expert. Right? I, I, you well, you paint him into a corner. Well, so for me, like I'll, I'll, I'll probably narrow it shorter because I could go on like a much crazier, longer list. Um, but I would probably say if I, if, if I was going to just to throw my American whiskey into the category, mm-hmm. it would probably be Booker's. That's Booker's. a good one. Um, nice. I just it, it's everything about it. it. It's it's small. It's history. It's high proof. It, it's sharp and angry. And again, I, it, it, it goes great with campfire smoke. Uh, and then single malt wise, I would probably say. Oh. Honestly, probably the Balvini 15 single barrel. Um, mm. All 15 years in the sherry, so it's got that really aggressive, dark color, lots of chocolate and fig, and it's a little bit more kick to it than a typical. In fact, I'm, I'm just going to call it. I'm going to say that's the one. That's, that's the one? It's got that wow. kind of hard nice. oak astringency nice. to it. The yeah, end. Uh-huh. That, really that, that's the one, because it's going to hit all my flavor profiles that I like from sort of the angry, the angry bourbons. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say I'll narrow it to the one. I'll say the Balvini 15 single barrel. That's that's my Desert Island whiskey. Now I will say I I've not had as much experience with whiskeys as either of you guys, so I only know what I've tried and what I've liked and sure. enjoyed. But I will say that I have about one more pour 
of a bottle of Little Book. I have home. about that much oh, left that, too, and it's so good. That is so good that it almost has to make the discussion. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. I, I, not to be a copycat, but the signet. Wow, yeah, sure, Signet's that's so just fantastic. And then uh, it was a while back, but it was upstairs at B and B that I was honored to be able to try the Balvini Thirty. Oh yeah, that was pretty amazing. And you know, if if it's one of those money is no object things, that could certainly enter the conversation because that, Jonathan Wingo would be proud of you for saying that. Yeah, He's been yeah. saying that that's one of his Desert Island whiskeys for years. Really? So I, I yeah I I don't know I think. Honestly, I would probably, I would probably though, pare it down to the signet. No, it's a, that is a great, that, that is, is a so great good, yeah, choice. yeah. It's I, I funny just, because like, and just the process of of how they make the signet and shutting down the whole distillery and then shutting it down again and yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those you you just feel uh, you feel so like almost like transported when you're tasting absolutely it. Like it just it's it's it not just this is a great tasting whiskey it's an experience yeah you're somewhere else and, and, right it's, and it's that, that's what i love so i much feel like that. that one's made it into the struggle on all of our choices there we that's might have reason. to have uh dan come in and bring some i think that would i think be we, a could probably, we could probably figure I that think out. that wouldn't be a terrible <laughs> idea <laughs> all right and we're also i will tell you this uh, you know we we don't have a confirmation yet but uh we will be working to get Dan to be in attendance at the next whiskey. Yeah, if, he's, if he's in town, I, I, think, I think with the, 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 the enough notice which we have, um, I think we'll be able to have Dan in attendance. We'll, right. we'll have a lot of great. So great. coming up in our next segment, we will announce the whiskey sniff, give you the date. You can start holding it on your calendar, uh, and we'll tell you how to be among the first to grab your tickets because uh, they went fast enough last year, mm-hmm. and then the word spread. Yep. So I have a feeling this year it's going to go way faster even than last year uh, did. So you're going to want to be early is what I'm saying in terms of getting your tickets yeah. for the SNF. And the portfolio is oh my God. much better this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. not oh, that it was bad last year. It was great last year. It's just bigger It's just expanded, yeah. You're going to want to be there longer this Indeed. year is what I'm Indeed. saying in order, in order to try uh, everything. And, Plus, and we've, if you weren't there last year, there were a few other things other than just whiskey. Yes. Certainly. Yes, and Certainly. that was uh, that will be the case again this year. In my uh, with my penchant for all things weird, there will always be some a little oddball table. All right, sure. so I tell you what we'll do: we'll jump into that news. We'll jump into uh, another uh, beer. This time it'll be the uh, Juice Bomb Unit IPA. Juice Bomb Unit. Juice Bomb Unit. What? Do you, I bet you've still got like T-shirts and stuff with that on it from when you were in school. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like a yearbook full of comments. <laughs> yeah. Hey, JBU. Yeah, most people just call me Juice Juice Bomb for short. Or <laughs> yeah, just, right. Units. So we'll get into that. Units. And uh, they I, call think, me juice. I think, you know, we, I definitely brought us this uh, this Appleton uh, Estate rare rum to try. But we've also got, uh, I also see some spirit bottles hiding over there yeah, inside yeah, yeah. you, Jeremiah. Yeah, we got a couple cool things down All here right. we might so check somebody out. Brought a little so we'll, we'll jump into this. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you guys so much for checking out the show. We'll be right back. And welcome back, my friends. You are checking out Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 153. We got Jeremiah Butler. We're talking best whiskey in the world. And now we're going to talk a few other things, including some collaboration IPA, maybe a little Aquavit. We'll get back to these cigars and how they're performing. But, guys, I wanted to uh, wanted to update you on this whole AB InBev. They have now passed 
and something we were virtually certain that they were going to do, which was to purchase, and they had the rights to do, to purchase the rest of the Craft Brew Alliance. They already own shares in the Craft Brew Alliance, uh, and there's a number of good reasons they could have, uh, you know, gone ahead and, and done it and figured it out. Instead, they chose to pay, and this is the way the contract was written, that if sure. they didn't complete the purchase, that they would pay $20 million to the Craft Brew Alliance as uh, required by the commercial agreement that they signed back in 2016. Craft Brew Alliance says it will hold a press conference uh, on September 5th to discuss what it will do uh, from here. From a uh, stock uh, point of view, the shares in the Craft Brew Alliance are down like 15% after it was announced this is not going to go through, which the way I look at it, if you want to buy craft beer shares, might be a good time to buy because this Craft Brew Alliance represents some great beers. I mean, Kona, uh, there's so many so many great beers in this alliance, and I was really, to be honest, very bummed about them becoming – AB InBev products. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I was, you know, it was just my wife and I went out and, and uh, uh, went to uh, to Papacitas the other night because we love the uh, we love the fajitas there. And I was just talking to the bartender. I was like, "Why does?" And I know the answer, but I asked bartenders this anyway, just to kind of get them riled up. Why does AB InBev own all the spots, not just on your taps, but on your but yeah, on your, every single yeah, one of right. them. Right. It's like, you know, we were talking about it. Why are there five Carbach products and one St. Arnold? Yeah. Like, that's not representative, if you're in Houston, of where Certainly. things are. I can understand having Carbach I have products. A, uh, I get it. I would have them. They make some very good beers. Absolutely. I, but, I have a friend of mine that was uh, helping out with one of the local bars uh, up on Washington a couple years ago. And uh, I, I happen to be privy to the discussion, and the, the bar manager goes, well, we've got, like, almost 20 taps. And uh, my friend was looking at the list, and he goes, you have nothing. Yeah. You have, you, everything you have is AB InBev, every single thing on here. Right. You know, and Sam Adams, which is awesome. And but thank God for one. Sam Adams, yeah. yeah. I mean, really, every single thing else is just that. Like, you have no. nothing. No, this you're is right. not a craft beer. And again, it's not the... The menu. products are all bad. The craft products that they bought are pretty, pretty good sure. products, you know. But I am personally not a big fan of Hopadillo. and there's so many places like a Papacitos, which is a what I would call a nice chain restaurant. Yeah, you know, they're not. It's not a cheapy place. It's not a. a it, it, it's not a, a round robin or whatever. But well, that's a, just a regional chain too. Yeah. That's not. Right. That's right. not it's just a regional, regional chain. But but they're a place like that is going to have maybe six or seven taps, and then they're going to have a cooler with a whole bunch of cans and bottles in it. So even if your taps don't excite me, you ought to have something in there. They used to have Lagunitas IPA. They don't stock it there anymore. Is, Instead, is they go. The, we got Hopadillo. That makes me makes me a little sad. Is it that the is it that it's just easier for them to go? Okay, well, we just make this one order to this one place. Well, I think it's I think it's easier. Is, is that how it works? But I also think it's is it, it's is it lazy bar manager but, or is it? But yes, I think in many cases no, I'm going to go with uninformed. I mean, but, but you can you, well, no. I mean, it, it, so in that department, because like for example, like I have two IPAs, and uh, well, unfortunately now they are both AB InBev, but it didn't used to be the case. Either Goose Island, right, and then Hopadillo. But at least Goose Island is something Certainly. slightly different. Certainly, you know, and um, I like their IPA. But I don't carry any draft beers at all. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just because as a steakhouse, we just don't sell a ton of beer. But you, I've had some very interesting beers. I was going to say, place, but that's though. the thing. I try. Not, maybe and, they weren't IPAs, but some really interesting. Well, beers. and you want to have like for me, like I have a pretty decent like Texas representation. Like you have mm-hmm. to have Shiner. But, of you know, course. Like, I've got like you know like the Guns and Oil Lager or like right. the Bombshell. Okay, there you go. Now bombshell Blonde. Yeah, bombshell now you're Blonde t- is delicious. You know, yeah, uh, uh, the, the Saint on a lawnmower. You know, right, so right. Like, I try and have like sort of a shotgun spread of Texas as, as opposed to just like oh I'm in Houston so I'm gonna have all Carbock and Saint Arnold. Right. See, it seems to me though that there Heights must now be or, it, there must be though some financial incentive behind. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. There's people where it's, where it's cheaper. You know, just even if it's just the bulk buy discounts sure. that you would get, you know, I'm yeah, not I'll even cu- I'll cut you suggesting nine, nine anything percent off the cost you know? if you buy X number of cases for me. Right, week. exactly. So you're like, okay, I'll do my IPA, I'll do my blonde ale, I'll do my, you know, sure. it, it's easy to check those boxes. I, I'm not going to name the restaurant because I still like them and have a lot of respect for them. But there's a restaurant here in Houston. I've been to a number of times, and uh, I would put them in the Cafe Annie category. Sure. This is a very high end restaurant. Gotcha. And they have in their downstairs area where the bar is, they have a slightly more casual menu, still a little pricey but good. Um and they only have four taps. Actually, I think now they have no taps, but at the time they they had four taps. It was th- at this place that I first tasted Lone Pint Yellow Rose ah. IPA, which to this day is, is just yeah it's just fantastic i can't i couldn't believe actually how great yeah, it was yeah. and i tasted it there for the first time then i went out and found out about it we subsequently had it on the show we've had the lone pine people on the show all of that not only do they not have it anymore but their beer selection has gone to absolutely more than predictable and i because i still go there but i always give them a hard time about it i go hey i'm a customer i'm gonna like tell you if you need some help but after asking a you know fairly friendly waiter some questions i found out that you know they used to have a guy who was in charge of curating their beer selection and then they decided you know they didn't sell as much beer as they did wine and other things at this particular restaurant so they stopped using that guy and now the wine guy chooses the beers oh see that's that's you need if you got a wine guy choosing the beer he needs a need to be a wine guy that knows about beer right so he so i'm sh- i'm which sure is not him, an uncommon thing there's right. a ton I will of wine say though, i'm betting you the beers are now an after i will say though guy. sure if it's the place i'm thinking of to their credit they still have the woodford woodford reserve double uh barrel they do have some That's very so nice spirit oak. selections sure. yes they do have some very nice spirit selections but but anyway my my point is this that it it is much easier to just go the abn bev route you know, it's one rep you're dealing with. It's like, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand why places do it. But understand also that consumers, especially if you're a higher-end place, consumers are looking for something different, something unusual. At least take one or two of those taps or five or six of those can or bottle positions and rotate in occasionally something a little bit different. You might not sell as much of it, but you may get major props from higher-end beer consumers for coming in and and, and there's that you know sure yeah, yeah but uh well you know I, 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 as, as the devil's advocate here i'm like props don't go in my register okay but so take your take your how many beers do you stock how many different uh beers do you I'd stock say like 13 13 okay 12, so maybe? so take number 11 and 12 you're probably not the lowest ones on that you're probably not selling very much 
of those two types of beer anyway, compared to what you're selling sure. of the bigger ones, right? So there, you've got some wiggle room there. I mean, Bring well, in something that would make Ian's eyes light up when he comes in, you know? I like and barley then he's wine. Gonna, yeah, yeah. That's a great mistake. <laughs> It's a true story. I, 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 I can I, understand barley wine. And I have barley wine. It's, no, I it's, get that. Right. It, it's just it's been distilled into single malt whiskey. Yeah, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, so before we go there, and the, and that's a good place to we go. We call that high barley wine. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, Ian, have you already uh, finished off I haven't finished it. I have, been, I have been drinking it, though. Oh, it's really good. This is, it's this really is rich. Bright. This is orange juice. Yeah. Juice Bomb Units um, is the name of this. This is orange juice with, with, with uh, a little beer. lemon, lime kind of thing going on. Mm. To it, I love the mouthfeel of this. It's Definitely. actually like a super big mouthfeel on it. It's wow. more carbonation than I generally like, but works really well with what's going on here. You know what this strikes me as? This strikes me as the perfect beer for Sunday brunch. You know that Sunday brunch yeah, that you absolutely. usually go out and you order. <laughs> Maybe you order a mimosa. Right. This would be the perfect this, beer for that instead. Exactly. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> And it is really tasty, really tasty. I I love this. To me, this is this is good. This this has a little bit of the um, of the uh, uh, the uh, hop bitterness. A little bit of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resiny, uh, mm-hmm. resiny kind of bitterness to it. But however they however they hop this, it it doesn't just take over the aftertaste. Right. No, it doesn't no, linger. Yeah. The aftertaste badly. is a little more lemon and orange citrus, and uh, it's quite good. I'm actually really fond of this, and with it being a collaboration and being from Seattle, Washington, the only thing really bumming me out is that this probably is not something you could, like, we could get a lot <laughs> we could more get of. all the time, yeah, right? And get and get a lot more. I, knew I was going to get scared. For that. Did you? Oh, <laughs> uh, w- Wiki Brian propped up. Uh, props do end up in your register. If I enjoy the restaurant and craft beer selection, I'm spreading the word. That word is potential customers. Customers. Customers fill your register. It's true. It's true. He's got a valid point. It's a but, hard. I'm sure it's a hard line but, to but, but to by, drive. by mathematics. If you, if 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 beer makes up less than one percent, like if I guess for me, if 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 I was the bar manager at one of the restaurants you're at, and I had people clamoring for different beers, mm-hmm. it would be that different. would be a different. I would thing. be more sure. reactive to that. it. Well, but at, we're, we're just, and then again, this is very subjective. We're just not a beer place. Like I mean, right. you, don't, you don't think of B and B and think, oh man, I'm going to get a cold one. You think I'm going to go get a dram. You know, or, or a martini. True. True. I know your clientele. You, 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 you have an identity. Right. So take a look at let's let's transpose this discussion to the level of a brewery. St. Arnold Brewery here in our home city of Houston. They've won midsize craft brewer of the year before. I think it was year before last. Mm-hmm. Um, they make excellent beers. St. Arnold's biggest sellers have a tendency, I believe, to be the Art Car IPA and the original St. Arnold yeah, Amber. Uh, Amber. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the lawnmower's their, pretty high too. Biggest. Oh, oh, oh yes, lawnmower is very hot. You're right. Uh, so those are probably their biggest sellers. But they also do these two series. They do the Bishop's Barrel series. Oh yeah, and the Divine. And they do the Divine. Mm-hmm. And they don't sell nearly as much of the Bishop's Barrel or the Divine as they do of their these other uh, brands that I mentioned. But what they do is they create this sense of coolness oh, man. to consumers about and because those those beers are really good. I oh mean, man! And I, I'll tell you the Divine series, 
uh, when I was man, this wow, this was a long time ago, but I was at the uh, uh, at the Stag's Head, mm-hmm. and the Stag's Head actually was one of the bars in Houston that would get the Divine Cask. Oh, the nice, old, yes, the yes, old I love that. Cask yes, you used to get that all the and time. And literally, there. you'd have guys like would come, they'd walk in, and if you had it, they would immediately sit down and drink, you know, as many as they could, right. and then. <laughs> There are like there are you know if, if they if if you floated the, if you floated it and then the guys walk in oh my god you still have the divine now we just sold out they would literally just turn around pull their phone out move on to the next bar like literally the next bar on the list that had it and and I mean it is it is a following and that's amazing which would be by the way what's it called over in the village uh, the uh, ginger man ginger man yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're definitely so, definitely right so a beer what this place. goes to show you is though and and I realize it's got to be different for every. For every restaurant and who their clientele actually Absolutely. is. But your bar clientele can be so, like, smart and educated. Absolutely. You guys have done, now. You guys have done such a great job of cultivating that yeah. person who's going to come sit at your bar and have a whiskey or two or uh, maybe something else from behind the bar, one of your cocktails. There's, there's so much going on that's what I'd call above the average bar. Sure. I just I, love to see you part have of that, that happening. Is, is, you, know? you know, training your staff. I mean, yes. I think one of the big differences between sitting at the bar and sitting in a dining room is in the dining room, you're, you know, you're there with your, with the people you're dining with. Right. At the bar, your a lot of times you, you're yeah. expecting the bartender is kind of more involved in your experience. Right. And you're chatting. That's, that's and, a good point. And I think when you're at a place where you, where people have an identity and especially, like I said, like, I assure you, like, if, if my bartenders had, if we had more people asking for really weird reserved beers, then we probably did, you know, because we had a different beer selection in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some, but, but I, ended up, I would end up sending them back. And I understand that, because you, you got to, and you got to, you know, you really do have to stock what you had, you your had customers are asking. for a while, too. Oh, we did. Yeah, we had yeah. six. And again, you know, I was literally getting kegs picked up that weren't even empty when they oh, were wow. bring me new ones, because I had to, I had to get right to move it, because it's old. Right. And you had, right. And I can't, I can't, I'm not, I mean, regardless of what I am or am not in, in the beer world, I am not going to serve old a product. Sure. In, you of know course. what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, of I course. respect the juice in well, all I think, forms. I yeah. think, I think that your, your restaurant is... Um, a little bit exempt because you do have like you have the guns and oil and a few others that are sure you have some of those and you made a, you've made a, an object put a little of, thought into it. I think know? I think the biggest the biggest thing about this is when you go to any of these places that say they have you know a whole bunch of taps of beer. If every tap is AB Inbev, you really don't have much. Well, and that's the thing. I don't. You, my my yeah. my beer menu doesn't say craft beer selection. It just says right, beers. It's just your right. beer domestic, menu. Sure. You know, exactly. Texas. Exactly. No, you're so. And and, that, and, that, and that's important. I think that you that you're not over representing it as sure being something you know that it's not. And but what I will say though, I can always come to B and B and find an interesting beer on your menu. Sure, definitely. Yeah, and that's that that's what I think some of these other places are missing. You know? Something I either haven't had or you know, there's been yeah, several beers. Not, you don't have to several beers wheel, I've had for absolutely. the first time at B and B. Which is, like, I, 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 I feel like that's that. a big compliment for yes. someone like you yeah, to say. There's many so. different kinds of beers as we taste. Absolutely. And there's been a couple of things I can think mm-hmm. of that I've had. The first time I've tasted them was there at the bar or maybe having dinner. I want to say one of them was when we had that uh, that bootlegger. Mm. The, 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 was the, 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 was the, the bootlegger cowboy, brown? And what was the cowboy? Uh, oh, man. The uh, uh, Bayou uh, Uncommon Cowboy. The Uncommon Cowboy. That was the oh, first time I had that. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm told that's about to, is, is either, is, is about to be in bottles. Because oh, I've oh, already oh, told oh. the town and guys at town and city, Tony, that like, hey, man, 
I don't have kegs bottles. anymore. Yeah, but that's you a bottle you want it back. It'll yeah. show up in the restaurant as soon as awesome. you get it. So. Awesome. I absolutely love it. Well, um, let's let's change. Uh, I wanted to mention, by the way, that this um, Juice Units IPA has passed the IPA cigar test, which oh. is, is what I call... I call it the IPA cigar test, which is if I have the beer and I'm smoking a cigar, does it make the cigar start coming across harsh to me? And and sometimes the the hoppiness of what can be a very, really delicious IPA just doesn't work with the cigar, and it won't pass the IPA cigar test. But this one did. The juice juice bomb units had enough juiciness to counteract the bitter. I think that it. That I'm I'm still well, really yeah, I enjoying. Think, I think it, I think the the crux of that is that it's more juicy. Mm-hmm. And less balmy than uh, <laughs> than just brutal hoppy. You know, right. I think it's a juice bomb. It's not a hop bomb, right. and I think that that really helps along right. the cigars. Uh, you're, no, you're absolutely right. Some of the great, you know, double and imperial IPAs that I've had that are such great experiences to drink are just you, you just have to do it at a time when you're not going to be smoking because yeah. it just doesn't work. You know? and, well, and there's the, that, that's that's something to be said. Like you know, there's there's vices that. You know, the juicy thing I think is is new enough still to where we're still kind of experimenting with, you know, how juicy and what kind of juicy juicy and that kind of how much bitterness should the juicy have? Because when it comes to a straight IPA uh, and having a cigar with a straight IPA, uh, you know, like whether it's a double IPA or whatever, it's it all has to do with how much malt profile you have on the beginning of it. And with and the juices, you're not getting much as that, much malt in general. How so. much of that resinous bitter you have on the end and how yep. it clears the palate. Because there are some incredibly hoppy beers that are just fine with a cigar, mm-hmm. but then there's a lot that are not. No, you're absolutely right. And, and you're, you're also calling correctly on the malt thing because yeah. the malt profile generally goes really well with the cigar. Yeah, if you have Certainly. a beer that's, but if, that's malty, you're yeah, definitely going to... But if gonna, the malt is but, obscured but by one the... One thing I'm intrigued to see is, as to whether or not it does happen to kind of tie in IPAs like this that are collaborations and the collaborative roller blender kind of thing is now that you have this new generation of cigar guys mm-hmm. who are probably also, some of them are bound to also be craft beer guys. Well, uh, yeah. At some point, are you going to start seeing like a focus on, on that pairing? Well, it has happened to a small extent. Per- Perdomo sure. has a line mm-hmm. that has three cigars that, whole that are designed series. to I think go four, actually, with craft it? beer. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly enough, and not surprisingly, um, most of them are are designed to be paired with darker beers, sure. which are maltier and have more of the. Profile. They have one for that's, they that's have one for hanging fruit, right? You know, exactly. you got to you got to wonder as it progresses. You know, yeah. Well, somebody come up with a, this is the cigar you can have yeah, with like, a with a. Very, well, they have uh, they have one for a stout, one for an IPA, uh, one for I think uh, the lighter black side. lager or a brown a brown lager. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think they have four of them actually. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that, and I've also seen a couple of other. Cigars that have been either advertised or talked about as being good pairings sure. with craft beer. So I, I do think you'll see more of that. The craft beer, you know, the craft beer thing. It's obviously not going no, anywhere. Yeah. No matter what you're right. reading about beer, about beer sales, the bottom line is this: beer sales may be down, but craft beer sales continue to be up. Things are which shifting. makes sense because but, they're buying yeah. less, but, better but also, beer. Right. Also understand that that a lot of these, when they say craft beer sales are down, it's not necessarily that they're actually moving down the scale. It's that they're not they're not going up at the same rate that they were the previous year. Sure. Well, and think about this. So they consider that even though the sales themselves are still rising a lot of right. times, they're not rising at the same rate, and that's what they call craft beer sales going down. A and lot think about this: what was it two years ago that uh, AB InBev bought Carbach? Yep. So every single beer Carbach sold the year before that. 
counted as a beer sale for craft beer. Yes. Sure. As soon as that purchase was complete, they no Gone. longer count right. in the That's accounting portion of this as a craft beer. Cases. So what you have is AB InBev buying, you know, they're not going to go around buying the small breweries that aren't selling well, mm-hmm. they're going to buy the big ones that have, you know, the bigger craft breweries that are moving more product. So you're going to see them, as they do this stuff, take guys off the board. That's going to hurt the, quote-unquote, perceived sales sure. of craft beer. But the the reality is that Carbach is now selling more than they were before the AB InBev takeover because their distribution's better. Yep. They're in more places. So, All right. Uh, we know that... Uh, the juice bomb units went okay with the cigars. Yeah, t- you and I talked yesterday about cigars and aquavit. Yes, we did. Let's do this. And uh, and you are, of all the people I know, you may you may be the biggest fan of aquavit. I am a real aficionado of this spirit. Yes. Um, it's cool. It's got a cool history. It's it's very strangely local. Um, which actually one of the cool things about this particular aquavit we're going to try is. Uh, so I have a great regular that comes to the restaurant, uh, and Tor brought me this uh, from Norway. Oh. And you actually cannot, this is not even available for purchase in the oh. United States. So, so was, it's a direct from Norway. Aquavit. Absolutely. So this is called, uh, it's, it's Gamel Oatland. So kind of like everything else, like learning to read labels is <laughs> yeah. important. Um, so Oatland would be the region. Yeah. And then Gamel would mean aged or old. Okay. So um, in some aquavit, Aged you'll see, from that particular region. Mm, it's old Oatland aquavit. Okay. Uh, so you'll see it also in some other ones. You'll see like Gamle, mm-hmm. um, uh, things like that. But it basically just means aged. Um, and then you've got a couple different styles. I tend to prefer the uh, far north, um, the more mm-hmm. northern Scandinavians, right, right. The, the, the Denmark, the, the, the Norway. Um, you can also aquavit is something that you'll you'll see in in Sweden, uh, Switzerland a little bit, um, but it, it's just kind of this local like I, I a lot of people will say it's in some ways medicinal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because it kind of has these great uh, digestive qualities to it. It's very mm-hmm. herbaceous, um, and stylistically, you're gonna get like so. The, I, I tend to think the more continental and the more southern aquavits tend to be more. Um, they have a higher viscosity, fatter mouthfeel, right, right. and more licorice, more anise. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the far northern ones are going to be more caraway and kind of dill driven, which right. tends to be more my More towards your palate. palate. Yep, I agree. Uh, so I agree. my favorite two that are available that you can get just pretty much anywhere are the Alborg, which is out of Copenhagen, Denmark, mm-hmm. and that's a toffel, so it's clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Linny, which is Norwegian. And that's the one that's aged in the bow of the ships, and it crosses the equator nice. twice. And yeah, that's uh, we, so we, cool. we had that one. That's the one we had at the sniff last year. Right, right, right. Um, and it went over rather well, as I remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it was one of those things that I just kind of, you know, I started drinking Aquavit, and, you know, when you tend to drink things on the porch while you're smoking your cigar, you figure out what works and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. I just found that, you know, aged Aquavit was really nice. Well, we found out last week something that we wouldn't have guessed is that there, there is actually vermouth. That is cigar friendly. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't. I don't know the that driver, I would have like that dry vermouth we had. Oh my god! Oh, I've, absolutely. Yeah. There's some great. I had vermouth. no idea you would just drink vermouth by itself. Yeah. that was brand new to me. Mm-hmm. No, there's. Well, it's kind of a. It's kind of an older um, trend, uh, but definitely back in like the late '60s. I mean, Punta Mess with, with mm-hmm. ice and lemon, right? You know, right, was a thing, and that's and that is some bitter, bitter stuff. This uh, aquavit. 
boy, you nailed it with the caraway. I mean, that is the first. It's a it's a yeah. caraway on the nose. Like after yep. you've taken the uh, the first sip and you've done the swallow, then caraway comes back in your nose. Absolutely. In a big way. I will tell you, I generally am not a big fan of anise as a flavor. This has it in such a really nice, delicate way. Absolutely. Balanced, yes. That uh, that it's not, because anise is one of those things that when you put it in something, it tends to dominate everything. Absolutely. Um, uh, one of my favorite breweries, Bell's, makes, um, makes a, a stout with anise, and it's not one of my favorite beers because it just kind of takes over the beer to me. And you love Bell's, so it's and not I love, like, you know, yeah. yeah, many, many things that they do, and I'm sure there's a huge, I mean, they make the beer, so I'm sure there's a huge bunch of people out there that love it. This here is very drinkable, and I'm surprised that I'm really enjoying something with that anise flavor because yeah. usually to me well, I think, it's too much. Well, and that's I kind of the regionality. You were talking it, about it, that, it, yeah, yeah, the so northern. Yeah, I brought like a... Like, there's a couple domestic distilleries that are really doing cool things with Aquavit. Uh, there's Devil's Head in Colorado and then Krogstad, which is in Portland. Um, but they tend to do more of that continental style. Mm-hmm. So they're, which is going to have more of the licorice more, Yeah, but, so what they do to uh, kind of counter of, it is yeah. they, they do these heavy barrel ages. So it kind of tames it. Interesting. Um, whereas I tend to prefer, like, for example, the Linny um, and this one as well, like, you get a lot more anise on the nose mm-hmm. than you get on the tongue, which I think is a good thing. You want to get I the agree. smell of I the... Like, I like the idea of it better than I like the exactly. taste of it as a... As a uh, I, I believe uh, I've uh, said uh, on the show, or, I, yeah. I, I, you can keep licorice unless it's absinthe. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is actually pretty you know, delightful. It does it does raise uh, you know how every now and then on the uh, uh, on the morning zoo radio shows back when they were a thing, <laughs> they would have the uh, highway patrol officer come in, and they would give the the hosts of the show they would give them like beer or wine or, or uh-huh. cocktails or whatever they would drink throughout the show they'd take their blood alcohol level at certain oh, yeah. points and talk about what and the whole idea being by the end of the show they're you know slurring their words and and it's a good don't drink and drive sort of a right, lesson right. right and then they they get them all a, a cab or a limo to take them home at the end of the show well i was thinking we should do something similar to that only it should be the smoking and toasting absinthe show we can do that we, I, we should I can just make that happen. get together. The show should just keep going until it can't really go anymore. <laughs> you know, until Adam goes, okay, we're shutting you down. Oh, yeah, we we can talk about <laughs> until Adam goes. Actually, I shut you guys down about a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, he's like, y- y'all know this segment was cut off a while back. Yeah, right? for all I know, we're not even still on right now. So uh, you know, that that could happen. Actually, that did happen back in the Bobby days. But I, uh, uh, but, <laughs> but I digress. Um, no, uh, so, no, he was just so far up there, he couldn't hear you. Yeah, that's. <laughs> So you uh, you really are an absinthe guy, then? I absolutely adore it. I think absinthe is it's just it's one of the coolest stories, I think, in all of spirits. Um, it's got such a rich history. Just the people that both championed it as well as ostracized it, the way it made its sort of resurgence. I, I just I don't know, man. I, I'm a sucker for stories when how it about, comes to spirits. How about the way it's generally served? Well, see, and that's another argument, man. Because, like, so you, there, there's there's this whole thought that absinthe is always lit on, it's, you know, you light it on fire, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sugar in, blah blah. And blah, the right. whole the, the the truth of it is that didn't actually come about until later, way later on. That was more of an Eastern European way of mm-hmm. serving it, and it's because the absinthe was really bad. <laughs> and well, anytime you make something illicit. 
you're going to have a very giant schism in its quality. You're going to have very, very good and impossible to find. Don't make me start talking about homebrewing again. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking, um, Brian. <laughs> I'm sure you yours know, is you know, wonderful. And, and so, so, but the true, the truest absinthe service is literally just the absinthe in a glass. You have a tower that has cold water. Right. Your sugar sits on a spoon on top of it, and you put the drops down until the sugar goes in. Little stir. Once you see the luge, which is when it goes from the transparent to the kind of milky white, light mm-hmm. green, once it luges, you drink it. Wow. And you know, there's a very classic cocktail. It's one of my favorites, which is, or I say classic, new, new classic, however you want to slice it, but the Green Beast. It's simple. It's just absinthe, water, sugar, cucumber, and it's phenomenal. And this cucumber, cucumber? like it, it's the tip of your nose right when you go in to drink mm-hmm. it. It's, it's amazing. Well, uh, I, my only real uh, – I've had – I've tried absinthe a couple of times, uh, just the kind you could get legally here, of course. Sure. Well, it's legal uh, now. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, there are right. whole – now it's, it's a, it's it's a thing. There are bars. You can go take flight. You can drink flights. Flights of absinthe. So my only experience has been you know, tasting it a couple of times. And then Man, back in my radio days, um, we had an opportunity to interview Marilyn Manson for the morning show. Uh, only the thing is, Marilyn isn't coming anywhere at like 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. on a morning show. So in order to do this, the morning show members had to agree to come up to the studio at 3 in the morning <laughs> and record an interview, which would be played back later on the morning show. Here's the interview we did at 3 o'clock a this morning. A couple hours later. A couple hours yeah, later. Yeah, the morning Marilyn show Manson. used to be in yeah. there at 5 a.m. So, or something anyway. So Marilyn shows up, which, by the way, everyone wants to know what was he like. He was as nice and gentlemanly as he could be. Here's my question. Yes. On a radio interview, yes. was he in full regalia or was he just like normal? Um, not full regalia. He was still made up. Okay. But he wasn't necessarily, you know, he didn't show up in a like G-string with like a nine, you know, nine, inch, platform nine inch platform heels or staff whatever. staff with like a weird orphan head on it. Uh, yes, yes. And he <laughs> did show up with um, uh, his girlfriend at the time. It was the really pale actress. Uh, I'll think of her name in a second. She's really, actually a really... Very good actress, but she's very, very young and very pale. She came and just hung out while he did the interview. But anyway, the point is, he brought a bottle of absinthe with him. And he sat and poured it and drank it during the interview. And at the time, I thought, oh, Marilyn's really into absinthe. And then I thought, nah, I think he's just trying to be weird. (laughs) That's quite possible, (laughs) especially at that point in time. There was was an Onion article about how Marilyn Manson was having to go door-to-door to to find new people to shock. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. But I will That's say awesome. it, it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, but I will say in answer to the question he couldn't have been nicer. So there you go. That's yeah. good. Uh, I always like when they're when 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 not as nice as Alice Cooper, by the way, who dude, is the nicest human being guy, you will ever meet. Every interview I've ever yeah. seen with that guy. He's like he's, he's, the coolest he's like a teddy bear. Ever. Like he's like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh he's also very anyway. slight, so it helps yes, that he's nice. Yes. Uh but if you take a picture with him he will oblige by pretending to choke you during the photograph, <laughs> nice. and it you know does make for really good you know <laughs> really good stuff to add to your uh, bathroom wall of the stars if you have such a thing in your home. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so the Aquavit, I I really enjoy this. Uh, the to me the caraway is uh, enough of a of, of a strong sort of a flavor of this that it sort of gets that anise or anise however you say it to to take a little bit of a back seat and, and, that's and the, i like that yeah, i like that uh, blend very the, nice the anise should be an undertone and that's very right. much the norwegian style 
Mm-hmm. It, um, has, it has also a little bit of an oily feel on the tongue and leaves yes. a little bit of a tingle, too. Yes, that, it does. And in a pleasant things. way. Yeah, and, yes. and that, well, and that's the wood. So, like, yeah. if you had a toffel opland, that would be unaged. It would be clear. And that would be more astringent, uh, more of just a clean. You'd get, you'd get more of the anise, but it would be even more aggressive on the nose. Mm. Like it, it, it's like, and that's one of the reasons out of, of the topples. I love the Alborg so much. I should have actually brought that too. We could have done a side by side. I have a, I have a pretty good ab, uh, uh, Aquavit collection. Well, I almost said absinthe collection, and that's kind of <laughs> true too. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, uh, as I feel now, I must mention just because you brought it up about the wood versus not using the wood in the clear. If I could be so bold as to quote legendary country and pop star Kenny Rogers, who owned Kenny Rogers Roasters chicken uh, fast food places all over the country at one time, it's the wood that makes it good. <laughs> there you have it. Now, I did have a, a extra reason for, um, for bringing that up. Because we're about to wrap up this segment and take a quick break. And I wanted this segment to be the only Cigar Spirits show ever to discuss Marilyn Manson and Kenny Rogers in the same segment. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So we can chalk that up to our list of accomplishments. Yeah, I think mathematically, I think you're good. I think it's going to be a long time. Statistically speaking, we're, I think we're in solid, solid territory. And it is the wood that makes it good. I'll also mention that Kenny Rogers Roasters no longer exist. Uh, they wound up going out of business, uh, I think largely over some concerns about how the chickens were being treated. Oh. And uh, there was one awesome incident where a woman showed up at a Kenny Rogers concert in a full chicken costume and proceeded to hurl insults at him from the second row oh, for man. the entire Should've show. brought her on stage and started playing <laughs> that, Stroker Ace on the big would screen. Would that be like the greatest thing ever? <laughs> I think it would be the greatest thing ever. We will take a break and come back for our next segment. Uh, we have some rum to taste, gentlemen. Indeed. Uh, and uh, so we'll do that. Speaking of and, storied spirit history. Yes, uh, yes. Begging and, the question, and we'll talk what about to do with a drunken sailor. And we'll try to n- answer not only that, but how rum came to be in our next segment. So uh, get ready to rum. Bowl. Oh, man, not only was that the worst pun ever on the show, but I now owe that dude some money, I think. <laughs> Several million dollars. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. By the way, for those of you who don't watch the show live on Facebook when it goes out, uh, I do recommend doing so because sometimes the in-between-the-segment stuff, like great prog rock and metal discussion we just had here so uh so you know it's just uh you never know what's going to happen actually be... you never know what's going to happen during the segment that's true but, uh, but, uh, but i will be going home to spotify later yes and all right. checking some good, stuff out good. That was all. That's, that's well good. uh well when you do check out actually check out the um uh the latest you check out any of the porcupine tree albums okay. or you can check out the latest album uh from porcupine trees um Stephen wilson the kind of head guy cool. i guess no, i'll check it out yeah. i saw him last year oh my god Phenomenal. Speaking on, like, before we jump into the segment, on a kind of awesome, both medley and prog rocky, the <laughs> fact that I can listen to Tool on Spotify now uh-huh. is amazing. Maynard finally gave in, and the album comes yeah. out with tomorrow. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Man, so, I'm telling you. Oh, oh, also on Spotify. Learn to swim. Is learn the Blackout Vipers? Oh yes, that's my yeah. band, which I really oh, awesome. want to see live. I've been trying to see. The Blackout Vipers live. That, I tried, you'll have that I tried, opportunity next month. I tried really hard a couple of weeks ago, but it just wasn't meant to <laughs> That's be. That's its own story. I know. And I, I love 
<laughs> making you almost think that I'm going to force you to tell it. We will have a chance to see that in about a month, by the okay. way. I'm looking forward to it. I've heard the the encore song is brilliant. That's amazing. All right. So, all right. So, uh, one of the things that did happen uh, last week that I don't know if we had a chance to address or not. We had a great guest on the show, by the way, uh, last week from Trincaro Spirits. Uh, he was he was awesome. We got to taste some things we'd never probably I have never thought knew to taste. Yeah. that I would enjoy uh, vermouth yeah. just by itself. Absolutely. That dry vermouth was outstanding, absolutely. and that whiskey was delicious too. Yes. It was really yes, good. Yes, I have been uh, enjoying that whiskey. All right. Way. Good, good. Good <laughs> to know. So because of having a guest and talking other spirits, we didn't really get a chance to properly celebrate. Last week, uh, one of the days was National Rum Day. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, so we'll celebrate it today a little, a little late with some Appleton Estate Rare Blend. And while you're pouring that, let's, let's, just, let's talk rum a little. Because I loved going back and, and seeing some of the... Some of the information about how rum even came to be. Wow, that was good. I had to get uh, that's a like beer pong right there. Only it's rum pong. <laughs> I had drink. to get a little bit of yeah. sound effect from yeah, that. I love it. Uh, rum commands about nine, almost nine and a half percent of the total spirits market in the U.S. Which I'm going to be honest with you is a little larger than I thought. I would sure. have actually thought it'd Especially have been currently a little bit less than that with whiskey. the way whiskey is is Absolutely. so huge right now. And of course. You know, vodka being as big as it is. Absolutely. And then you got tequila, which is on an upswing as well. So it's always interesting to see how these things play out. Uh, globally, rum makes up about 4.5% of the global spirit market. Sure. Uh, but I think it's obviously bigger in certain areas. The well, Caribbean I was say, comes the to mind. Yeah, right. To be where exactly. It's probably consumed uh, the most. So, uh, so it's, it's a truly worldwide spirit. But here's how rum originated there is no other agricultural product that goes into rum except sugarcane. So you can't make it from anywhere else and have it be rum. Yeah. Whereas there are some spirits, the same thing with tequila and agave, but there are some spirits you can distill from a number of sources, Indeed. vodka comes to mind, and, and still have it wind up being that spirit once it's done. Uh, the origins of sugarcane came from the 15th century BC and the first place that we knew about this plant was Papua New Guinea. You think, wow. Huh. You would have expected it to be the Caribbean, right? Because right. Papua New Guinea's way over like Australia side of the world. Yeah. yeah. Right. <clears throat> but it was part of Papua New Guinea's uh crops that they raised way back in the day, fifteenth century BC. And through trade, the plant made its way into India, Saudi Arabia, and Spain. From Spain, Christopher Columbus brought it in his second voyage to the Americas. He brought sugarcane during his second trip in 1493, basically because he thought the cheap labor of slaves in the New World would allow him to create quite a bit of sugar export to Spain, which was his home country. So the African slaves that were later forced to harvest the crop noticed in the harvesting that the juice of the plant would ferment all by itself, just naturally. After three days in contact with just the yeast in the environment, uh, it would start to ferment naturally, and they started to drink it and suddenly saw, and I'm quoting from the article I read this from, quote, a change in their mood, end yeah. quote. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they first started to call this root spirit kill devil because it chilled people out. And you think about that. Like, you don't know many huh. rum drinkers that drink a little rum and then get boisterous. Rum drinkers just get fun and chill, you know? Um, so as Kill Devil gained popularity, people started taking notice, and that included pirates. And Yard. pirates 
would begin looting ships and become interested in having rum for their long voyages between the Caribbean and Europe. It wasn't until the 16th century that rum got transformed into the spirit that we drink today with cleaning and distilling the alcohol in a proper way. Those processes were brought from Europe to America. So rum became what what we know now. Rum houses like Florida Cana uh, began producing rum on a really large scale, and that's when the spirit began to spread. So, But I thought that that was fascinating, that it originated in Papua New Guinea, was brought from Spain to the Americas, basically so slave labor could could harvest it, harvest the sugar Absolutely. cane. That's where they found out, hey, this this juice is pretty good after a few days. No, that's it's crazy. crazy. And, it's actually and, one of the and very then pirates spread it around the world. Unfortunate connections that right. rum will always have is directly to slave and, labor. And At one really, point, I believe it was yeah. called the Golden Trade, where right. it was literally traded for people to get more slaves to make more rum. And it is unfortunate, and yet there are so many products that we know and use every Absolutely. day that have those same, you know, unfortunate origins. We, 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 we hope that we learn as we, you know, yeah, we hope that we learn as we move forward. Right? You're right. We all well, wear cotton and, shirts. And that's the thing, though, but that's one of the things, and I believe it wasn't even that long ago that Florida Kanye went through some issues with the fair trade of their rum harvesting, and they actually became very transparent because of it mm-hmm. um, and are now, like, one of the most successful and, 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 um, I can't think of the word, but uh, I, want, I want to say cohesive, but that's not right. Cooperative with cooperative, where yes. their rum ah. is being made. Well, um, um, you know, there are a number of, of larger rum producers. Florida Cana that we mentioned is one of mm-hmm. the biggest employees. They make some amazing rums. Mm-hmm. We drank then, much of that when we were in yeah. uh, Honduras. Yes, we did. Who was the one dude? Was he the dude from Pittsburgh that kept, like, sneaking away the 21? And hiding it in the freezer, I'm like, hey, some of the rest of us, and and he was using it in like rum and coke. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, come dude, on. dude, the, the seven will work just great for that. <laughs> Leave that twenty one over here wrong. for those of us who are doing it. If all you have is a couple bottles of twenty one, and you really want a rum and coke, fine. But if you've right. got a seven and a, a twenty one, yeah, right? come on. Uh, but I will say, I sure enjoyed sitting there sipping the seven. Mm-hmm. It was awfully good all by itself. So. Uh, so Florida Kanye is great, and Appleton Estates is uh, another of the sort of big names in rum, Jamaican rum specifically. Absolutely. And these guys, just their base—we've had it on the show before. They're just their base, like signature uh, blend, is just a very good basic rum. Great in cocktails, good enough to sip alone if you want to, you know, just just pour it neat or maybe over a cube of ice. This though is uh, taking their uh, rum to a little bit different level. This is sure. a rare blend, and this I, is a 12-year. I also love the value in rum. And I know you mm-hmm. and I have talked about this, and I've definitely mentioned on the show, but you know, you talk about great in cocktails. It can stand alone as a sipper. But even the really good sippers, you can get, like they're A, available, mm-hmm. and B, for a very approachable price point. Like the, like the flavor to cost value. Like Remember when you guys used to do, like, this, like, or maybe sometimes still do with the cigars, like mm-hmm. the, the price, the price to quality. quality. Yep. Price to quality measurement. Like with rums, man, it's good. Yes. Like you get out there like, like the Zayas that are, you know, you can get a 16-year, mm-hmm. you know, or a Florida Kanye 7 or 12. Sure. You know, the, 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 we talk about the Zacapa all the time. But, yeah. I mean, Zacapa is a great price to you know, quality. The, Absolutely. The plantations. Like, oh, I mean, plantations. Those those are amazing rums, and, get, and they're generally twenty to thirty dollars. You can get yeah. a crazy aged rum for like sixty bucks. I know. Plantation. I mean, it's well, awesome. This one, this one that we're going to taste today is signature blend. It's a twelve year. If you were, I've already tasted. If it, you it. were drinking, awesome. what do you mean by gonna? <laughs> if you were drinking a twelve year 
uh, whiskey. Sure. What would you guess that bottle cost would be likely to be in the range? These days, these days, I would say you're up in that seventy-seven, yeah. eighty-five. You know, yeah. anything with some good age to it. Forty bucks. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I think you can probably price and, it between forty and forty-five. And I think you get so many of the similar fra- flavor profiles. Like if you're having mm-hmm. a smoke. Right, you know, you get so much of the same pairings—the mm-hmm. vanilla and the caramel, mm-hmm. some of the eugenol that comes through. I, I, I just, I, I will wave that flag right now because it, you can go get this. Like, right. I, we could sit here on this show and talk I about this at specs. amazing whiskey. You use and, you use that word eugenol. Would you explain that for our? So yeah, so the two big flavor components, I, and I specifically will use rum and whiskey. Obviously, they're mm-hmm. flavor components and many more things. Um, vanillin and eugenol are really good friends. Um, and so vanillin is exactly what you think. Uh, it's vanilla, it's caramel, white flour, honey. Uh, and eugenol is sort of the other end of that circle, which is your baking spices. So think cinnamon, clove, allspice, five spice. So for example, in American whiskey, the predominant in a bourbon would be vanillin, and the predominant in a rye is more likely to be eugenol. Right. So with bourbons, you tend like especially your weeders, they they tend to live on the front of your tongue, and then you're more eugenol friendly. Your rise, things like that. Your high rise on the bourbon side, they tend to live more on the back of your palate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beam Centauri is notorious for this because that's why Maker's Mark and Knob Creek are what they are. Right. One is designed to be the sweet wheat on the front, and, and one is designed, designed to be to the be spicy the, yeah. rye on the back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they don't cannibalize themselves with their own whiskey. It's a, right. it's an amazing their, thing. But they're really, they're two two of their biggest sort of uh, Abs- oh, man, crafty. I'm uh, telling you right now, like uh, Knob Creek is a go to. Like, oh, if I walk into a bar and I'm just, there's too much going on or whatever, or they don't have what I want, or I'm just not even feeling, I'm just like, you know what, give me a Knob Creek on the rocks, and I'm, and I'm a happy man. And Creek. I will say, I always have a bottle of Maker's 46 in my bar. See, I'm the yeah. Maker's uh, cask. Now the Maker's, maker's cask, cask is out, okay. the Maker's yeah. cask is all, it's, well, it's, We got to go there. That's a future trip. Well, you guys have been talking a lot. I've been doing research. And I, lo- <laughs> I love that about you, because you are devoted to... The craft, right, and right. and to the uh, to making sure that the proper research That's, is done for I the have, show. I have been doing the research. This is uh, this is delicious. This is not this is not smooth in the way uh, some of the ones you've brought in before mm-hmm. are. And uh, you can guarantee Agreed. if it's rum on the show that I probably wasn't the one that brought it. Not um, not for the fact that I don't like rum. It's just not my uh, you know biggest drinker. Sure, and you know much more about it. Uh, this, however has such a pleasant beginning in the flavor. I mean, mm-hmm. it starts off with that sugar and the uh, vanillins and the, all those things, and then it finishes with that spicy bite. And you know you're drinking uh, uh, an alcoholic beverage. This is not super smooth on the finish, but it's good. It's got mm-hmm. a great little uh, amount of bite to it. I have certainly really had it. smoother rums, even younger rums that Indeed. were smoother. Mm-hmm. But this rum, what I like about it is it... It plays on two different areas of the tongue. When you first take that first mm-hmm. sip, it's the front end, the tip, and the front end of your tongue get this wonderful little heat tingle. Mm-hmm. Then you get the flavors, very, very rich in the vanillas and the caramels, toasted caramel for days. And then after you swallow, the finish kind of brings this warmer heat to the back part of your tongue and the and the upper palate. Mm-hmm. And it is it is really... I'll go back to it being an experience, and what when I was reading that article where they talked about the people's mood changes, this changes my mood, and, and in a very like 
mellow and positive oh, way. It's and that to me, that's what I love so much about rum is it's you know uh, uh, tequila is an exciting spirit. Uh, uh, it, it's it's it plays on you differently. Rum just makes you mellow. It's a very and mellow cool. thing. Yeah, it's just interesting how good this is, and the bite on it is immediate, which yes, gives us that. Not- which gives us that effect of it's not as smooth as some, but it's so mm-hmm. good. I mm-hmm. mean, in the same way that, like, beef jerky is not smooth. Right, but, but it's, it's delicious. delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, exactly. like, I'm not saying that it's there's anything bad about it. It's just one of those things. One of the reasons that I have become such an aficionado of rum is, and I, when I say aficionado, I don't in any way mean expert. I just mean somebody that loves it and keeps trying new stuff and, and wants to be all about it. Um is because of how well rum generally goes with a cigar. I don't know if I've ever had a rum that I've thought that doesn't really go with the cigar. And with whiskey, with with some, you know, certainly with craft beer, even sometimes with tequilas, you have to be a little more careful. Although, boy, there's some great pairings in there with all those things. But uh, you're looking at the show notes, I see. Well, so on a response here, we've got a couple things. So, uh, Wiki Brian. Has popped up, and for some reason above his name, it now says it has a little flag and says milestone follower. Mm. That's got to be good, right? Well, I think the only other person I know of as a milestone follower was that uh, person who did that review that didn't uh, <laughs> uh, that you know didn't like our guest. So uh, or us, he he put in Eugenol is a colorless to pale yellow aromatic oily liquid extracted from certain essential oils, especially from clove oil, nutmeg, cinnamon, basil, and bay leaf. Awesome. He's always so good to yeah, do that, he's really that good level like research that, for us. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to take a, a quick pause and give a shout-out um, because today's a special day for one of our uh, close uh, friends of the show, Mr. Alan Denny. I love Alan Denny. Yeah, even though, he's so Even fun. though it has been said that nobody cares about <laughs> nobody him, cares. I actually do. Uh, today his, uh, his cigar shop. <laughs> today totally his cigar joke. shop is opening uh, in Galveston, Texas. Nice. So we're back to the whole pirate and rum thing. Right? Yes, I love it. Yarg. Awesome. Um, it's, it's, called Galveston. it's called Galveston Island Cigar Lounge. It's at 1813 61st Street, Suite 104 in Galveston, Texas. They open today at 4 o'clock, come hell or high water. And uh, I think it's just going to be hell because it looks great outside yeah, right now. He's yeah. not going to have high water. Yeah. Congratulations, so, uh, Alan. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I and we will be doing a show from there very yes, soon. Yes, yes, very soon. In about a month, we're going to be doing a show out of there. And uh, we're uh, seeing about getting some local uh, brewery on or uh, something else fun like we'll, that. We'll have to maybe uh, try to do a rum uh, that you know, mm. to keep the pirate theme going. Yarg. Maybe we'll do a rum. I would think, you know, well, although we won't be... You know, going we can, by boat. We can I'll wear be, an eye patch. Yeah. Talk to the guys the at show. Beerfoot, man. Those guys, those guys brew some great beers. Yeah, yeah. It's on the seawall. Yeah, yeah, Beerfoot. When I was, well, I used to work at Guido's, man, and that was like, we'd go over to Beerfoot, and they'd always have really, really cool stuff that they. I mean, all local. I mean, they obviously they have other beers that you can get, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but like Beerfoot, if, if you're on the seawall, and, and I know there's more now. Well, the two um, I was looking at were uh, Beerfoot and Galveston Island Brewery. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Be- Beerfoot's great, man. They do a lot of cool seasonal stuff. Well, uh, and they also have uh, some a, a pretty decent whiskey selection, including nice. Redbreast Twelve Year. Oh, okay, nice. Well, Which we're going to have to do on the show, uh, sure. Now, since. It's been, you know, declared yeah, the greatest Next time, next time we're at B&B, yeah. man. I, I've, I've got right. it on the shelf. I keep All it in stock. Right. That, that sounds good. Uh, when we go down to uh, Galveston, by the way, we won't be going by boat. We'll be going down there for our pirate and cigar celebration 
in my car. In your car. <laughs> yeah. And the whole show will be filled with bad pirate jokes. Oh, yes. I promise. Oh, yes. So you're saying, you're saying you shouldn't let the kids watch because it'll be yeah. rated R. <laughs> I'm saying... Yeah, I'm saying my wife. My <laughs> wife will not want to watch that episode. That's what I'm saying. She'll be like, she'll be like "Okay, the pirate jokes were great for about a minute and a half." Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, let's take a break, gentlemen. And when we come back, I, I do want to talk uh, uh, just a tiny bit more about this rum. But we have um, we have a craft beer that I'm really excited to be getting to. And uh, you you brought another spirit, didn't you? Oh yeah. What did you bring? I figure in the in the spirit of talking about the sniff. And yeah. since, oh, yeah. since on the right. show, that's right. During the recording of this, we actually I got confirmation that we got the date that we wanted. So we are Perfect. absolutely so free we're and clear absolutely to say free it. Free and clear to say the we date. We talk about it. We will talk about it. We'll make that big announcement, and then we'll be t- uh, sampling this advanced oak Belgian style Quint. Uh, gentlemen, I'm excited about this. Beer. How how are you doing? Just you know, just you know, in terms of your buzz level. Good. We've been oh, sipping. You know, I ate doing, right before I I'm came. Doing all right, yeah. Because right. this is fifteen. <laughs> I love it already. I was just you love about it to already. Say, all right, so we're this is going to be Ian's segment. Yes, <laughs> And we'll get to that segment next on Smoking and Chills. What's up, Christopher Hart? We are back at Smoking and Toasting. It's uh, uh, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And uh, we were talking in, in between the segments, and I said, you know, this is pretty good stuff we should probably put in the segment. We were talking about, you mentioned that you'd been binging Cheers episodes on Netflix and uh, uh, taking a look at what they had behind Sam in the bar. Yeah, and, man, it's uh, cool. how fascinating it was from a you know from the standpoint of somebody who pays attention to these type of things. <laughs> Absolutely. And, well, uh, and I've always wondered like what beer are they drinking? Cuz like Norman mm, and, and Clippy is all I mean, but it's just this like little tiny nub of a tap handle. Right. And, right. And, uh, you got a beer, Sammy? Like I guess Best, yeah, they never mention a beer. It's just a, a beer. Yeah, like, but still, to me, and I may have said this on the show before, but best episode of Cheers ever is the episode where Norm gets a job as, as a, a beer, beer taster, taster yes. and they, they, they put the white lab coat on him. They lead him back into the brewery. He walks into the room where the big tanks are, and the first thing he does is just he just walks up to the tank and hugs it. <laughs> Brilliant. That's brilliant television There's right a, there. there. You know how they always had that? Uh, they had the skit at the very beginning before mm-hmm. they put the well, intro. The credits, yeah. Right before the uh, right before the intro, and uh, they had a guy walk in. He's like, "Oh, I hadn't been in this place in years. So much has changed. That wall didn't used to be there. This didn't used to be there. That didn't used to be there." And and uh, Woody's like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Oh, right there behind Norm." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. You were talking about watching um, to see what what beer people are drinking, and certainly there are plenty of uh, beers that get put into a show for product placement. Right, and then sometimes you can tell. That that no one has paid for product placement. So I'll give you an example. My wife and I have been binging the A and E show uh, Burn Notice, which is about a spy who gets burned and then he's trying to work his way back in. And so as the episodes go by, they do a number of uh, you know different little jobs and stuff, and that's what the show is about. That plus the larger plot thing of him trying to get figure out who burned him and get back in the uh, right. in, in the game. But uh, they regular one of the characters, my favorite character on the show. His name is Sam Axe. He wears Hawaiian shirts all the time, and he's like an ex special forces guy. 
but he loves his mojitos and his beer. And so they're constantly getting together to discuss what they're going to do over drinks or beer. And they're constantly drinking this beer that just it may, every time I watch the show I'm like I, I, I want a beer I, I, I'm really thirsty for a beer <laughs> but it's in this red bottle and I've been trying to figure out what it is for the whole show I've been trying to get a glimpse of it where I can see the uh, the thing I'm like five seasons in and I They're still don't know very what the beer cleverly is They're very, very cleverly the don't show yeah, right. the thing however for three episodes in like season three suddenly they were all about Miller Genuine Draft and it was really easy to see that. And he even Sam even mentions in the show, yeah, I picked up some Miller Genuine Draft for us to take along. <laughs> I'm like, so that's, I mean, and this show's, what, maybe 10, 12 years old. Right, right. But that's product placement at that time. That's oh, yeah, what absolutely. that looks like. Because they were being so careful not to give somebody right. free advertising. Then suddenly, not only can you see the label every time, but, but they even work it, it into right, right, a, a mention in the show. So just I just point that out. By the way, it's a great show. But... Uh, the reason I mentioned it was because of... Uh, anyway, soon they tired of Miller Genuine Draft and went back to the Red Bottle. Brian, Clipper T. Clavin. Uh, Brian put in, uh, well, you see, Norm, it's like this. A herd of buffalo can only move as fast as the slowest buffalo. And when the herd is hunted, the slowest and weakest ones at the back are killed first. This natural selection is good for the herd as a whole because of the general speed and health of the whole group keeps improving by regularly killing the weakest members. He's talking about... Uh, someone mentioning that uh, beer kills brain cells, and so oh, he's likening okay. that to it, and it's actually hilarious. Well, that's of course Cl- Clavin always yeah. has. Yeah, well, 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 you see, like your Mesopotamian buffaloes. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. So, yeah. uh, a couple quick things. Uh, the cigar that I had was yeah. absolutely fantastic. I believe that was a twelve or thirteen dollar cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a five to a five and a half on that. That was the. Um, that was the Monte Cristo uh, Nicaragua uh, uh, series, um, and uh, that was fantastic. I'm about to light this uh, Cohiba, the, the red dot, that our uh, producer gave to me, and I'm going to enjoy that for the rest of the show. So I'm, uh, I'm enjoying this. It was the um, uh, Romeo by Aging Room, and it was also in the $11 uh, range, I want to say. Uh, it's smoking very nicely. It has survived multiple relights as often happens to me during the show uh, and is still smoking beautifully has paired well with everything I give that a solid five now the cigar I bought for Jeremiah yeah uh, I I don't know what that is but that was like a two dollar and fifty cent cigar the initial and, uh, no, is, I'm just, I'm just well, kidding. Hey, then <laughs> I give it a ten. <laughs> the, the initial light on that was so spicy, like when you lit it up, it, it caught my attention. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Yeah. Is no, that? it's it's pepper and and so dark and, and this is the, awesome. Actually, this is the crowned heads, and um, I'm going to look at the little band that you took off because it's Roman numerals. Uh, somebody help me with Roman numeral translation here because X is ten. Uh, X is ten. So, so that's twenty eight. No, 20, eighteen. Eighteen. Me. Eighteen. Okay. All right. So it's a crowned heads. Uh, Eighty. We'll have to go look at the box to see if there's another word on it. But actually, it looked really good. It's it's quite tasty, uh, and and I I like the more bold. I tend to lean more towards the Maduros a lot, and this kind of is it's not a full. Mm-hmm. We're not in that like deep right. dark right. realm. Yes, but it's got a lot of those cool spices, and it's it's definitely like it's a long finish. Like I'm still. Mm-hmm. Still getting, you know, now, still developing. I didn't ask you about the uh, the Cuban that you took down earlier. Man, it was good. I actually, I was, I was having a similar issue where it was really, really tight, and I was a little bit worried about the draw. 
Mm-hmm. And then after about the first, like, maybe three quarters of an inch of it, it really opened up. It, it, it stayed lit for most of the show. I think I only had to relight it twice or once. Yeah, um, but really nice. And, again, went with everything. I mean, that's the great thing about that particular Monte Cristo is it's kind of a mm-hmm. – it's a universal monster. You know, it's like if, if, as long as you're having a good time with good people, it's going to go with it. Before I open our uh, next beer for the show – Sorry about that. I didn't realize I was knocking your stuff over there. Uh, I want to point out that the uh, Weller Special Reserve... Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, uh, so uh, you, no, you, no, it's... Jeremiah was kind enough to pour some that he brought along yes. uh, during the break, and we've been enjoying it. That is, it by the way, very, very well with this cigar. By a the way, twenty-ish dollar bottle. I believe I paid twenty-one dollars and ninety-eight cents before tax. And it is no, guys, you're wrong. That bottle was really expensive. People don't want to go buy a yeah. bunch of those. Oh, true, yes. Don't go buy this. Because they're cause... so pricey. Yeah. They must be $80, $90 a bottle. The, the, the last stanchion of hope for bourbon drinkers is the $21 Weller. <laughs> well, it we is, all remember. It is absolutely but... fantastic, though. Like, for $20, that's one of the best whiskeys no, out there. It's a great value. It yeah, does great. not drink like a $20 no, whiskey. No. no. Not at all. And you can get it. So, you know. So, Ian has opened up what... Maybe a bottle of beer that was more expensive than the uh, uh, than the Wellers than the whiskey, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but and and it's not a large bottle. It's not a bomber, uh, but it is part of this advanced oak series uh, that Drake's does. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but the last one of these Drake's that we had was the last time you were on. It was the yes, Island Diaries, which we and all we raised. loved that amazing beer, amazing beer. So these are uh, oak aged, and this one is a. A Belgian quintuple. So, also, Chris, if you're watching this and you see me pouring this rather hard, there's almost no, uh, there's almost no uh, uh, CO2 in this at all. So we were talking. The reason he brought this up is we were on Chris's show, um, we talked uh, about which the is uh, Whiskey Neat, which is yeah. a great show. We recommend mm-hmm. it highly. Uh, Chris, despite the fact that nobody cares about him, is our good friend. And uh, he was talking about how well, I mean, he's a friend. I don't know if I'd say good. He's a friend. He's okay, friend. he's a friend. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. he's an acquaintance. Um, but we I were, met the guy. We were talking about how he has taken some critique Indeed. for being an aggressive pour sure. when it comes to beer. He likes to pour it where it has a bit of the foam in the head on the top. And uh, he's had some people tell him, no, you shouldn't do it that way. And his response was, but doesn't that release all the flavor? And so then we got into a very long sure. discussion on well, Chris's show day, about that. Some of the carbonation just, he wants you know, to release. Mm-hmm. Hush it. I want to drink how I drink. That's right. true. I, I gave him, I gave him a rash uh, just because I thought it was funny. Yes. So, uh, uh, so that was the that was the reference. So am I the only one a, that gets like beef bouillon out of you this? You let out a whoop when you uh, took the first nose on that. That smells so savory. Well, it, beef bouillon. I don't know if I would have said it, but you're so right. Like that is you're a so right. savory, savory nose. Is, is this a beer or a soup? This <laughs> it's a barley soup. It's a barley soup. Is, well, Ian, I've been smells amazing. I've been holding on to this because I knew you were going to love it. And uh, by the way, speaking of things that you're going to love, guess what I picked up for next week's show? And I don't know which of these oh, to don't, bring. Don't distract me yet. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm all right. Like, like this up. is so good. I, I want a moment. I, yeah. I want to wear this like cologne. This is so <laughs> delicious. Mm. Mm. Beef bouillon, like it, it literally has. Like that big savory uh, like wonderfulness, stock. yeah. Like, 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 if like if you were to drink some beef stock, but at the end it was to give you these wonderful dried fruit notes oh and gosh, be very yeah. boozy all the while. That's what wow. this would be. That's that is so different on the so much more approachable on the palate than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. by the nose. Weighing in at fourteen point five percent, Quint will de, will inspire you to hunt for great whales. 
and compare <laughs> scars. Rich, tart, slightly spiced. The quintuple is layered with coriander, honey, orange zest, and the juice of 10,000 cherries. So, ah, careful. That's what it is. The tart this, cherry. This beer may bite you in the butt. Yeah, see, I didn't recognize careful, this beer may bite you in the butt. Yes, yeah, as careful as soon as, soon as you bite. say cherry. Yeah, so, so there's a, there's a, there is a tartness to the end, and I couldn't recognize it until I uh, until I read. But that. I also love the fact the whole whale hunting. Uh, like, so we now right. we've brought it all the way back to the pirates. Back to the pirates. And, you know, Jeremiah, you and I have talked about this. Pirates. That you and I are both fans of the story. Yes. Whether it's whiskey, like, yeah. whether it's uh, rum, whether it's a beer, beer like this, and even though some of that story obviously is, For sure. you know, just interesting writing. On yeah. the part of their guys. I love it. It makes me enjoy the beer more with now visions of whale hunting dancing in my head, even though you know, I would never hunt a whale. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, that, here's a plus and minus. Rome. I have a bottle of this in my refrigerator. Okay? Uh, yeah. And now that I've tasted this, that bottle's going to stay in there for at least a year. Oh, I was going to say, will you have the bottle tomorrow now that you've tasted this? <laughs> no, but you're now saying, I, now you're I have saying to you're keeping it longer. Now I have to let it rest for a year and wow. see what happens. Wow. Very <laughs> That's going to be... That yeah. is so good. It is. It, it is, is so really rich. delicious. Yes, like the flavors on it are so rich. This would go with mm, a good, good yeah, bacon, a good steak, <laughs> bacon at B and B. Man, absolutely. Well, I just want to say that this is another example of you know we try to sample really different kinds of beers on the show. The strawberry lager from Abita that we had at the beginning of the show, perfect beer for you know. Throwing a bunch of them in the cooler and enjoying them on a Sunday, or or you know, you know what I mean, like perfect beer for like just having a few on a warm afternoon. This is the kind of beer we talk about that you want to open when you have uh, a friend or uh-huh. friends, and you want to be able to sit and talk about it. It's yes. a conversation piece. This uh, beer. So apparently, Quint is a uh, a Jaws reference. Uh, Wiki Brian put up there. Yeah, uh, that that's I didn't. Not remember. with three, he can't. Oh, I didn't realize. So that. now I thought it was just a, a because it was a quintuple. Like quintuple yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but it's a Jaws reference, and it does it does have the big dorsal fin sticking Spanish up out of the water. Ladies. So Jaws question for you guys: Has either of you actually made it all the way through Jaws three? There's a Jaws three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, and, exactly. and Jaws three D. Uh, yeah. 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 I. But I, no, after, I mean, after, after Sharknado, yes. Jaws oh, three, yeah. we don't talk about it. <laughs> but I mean, even the second Jaws. I mean, come on. All like, right, so, Dennis Quaid. So let's no. get this straight. We had a Marilyn Manson reference, a Kenny Rogers reference, and a Sharknado reference. This particular show Wait, has just advanced to epic. There's so Marilyn many Manson hashtags and, going on. Yes. This show. Weren't Marilyn Manson and Kenny Rogers in Sharknado? Weren't they cameos? In, in a perfect world, the answer to that question would be I mean, be yes. everybody was a kid. By the time they got to like Sharknado 4, like yeah. everyone was doing cameos. That's right. Everybody. Because it was just too good to resist. Oh, too good, man. You know, it, was, it became so tongue-in-cheek. Like, how did that thing take off? It was crazy. <laughs> like, the fact that there was a movie made called Sharknado is just hilarious. And then the fact the that, I mean, place. it went haywire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at, uh, look at uh, you know, I've been reading all these uh, 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 things recently about how Keanu Reeves is the actor of our generation because he's gone past being ironic now and just like the fact that he's endured and become a thing yes. has made him more than just what but anyway the point is about the John Wick movies I mean they're they're so terrible as to be good 
Well, well, that's whoa, called that's called whoa, craptastic. Whoa. Okay, so you're whoa. so so we just insulted a John Wick guy. Here we go. Uh-oh. But here's the thing about John Wick. I mean, anytime you're like, it's a movie based on a graphic novel slash comic. Like you, it, you yeah. don't expect. Like I'm not looking for Citizen Kane when I go see John. Wick. Adam is just shaking his head. By the way, <laughs> I, I thought that was the. I wish we'd had that on camera. And 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 but 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 I will say that the crazy thing about Keanu Reeves is like. I mean, think about how groundbreaking from an action perspective both of the trilogies he's been a part of. Like, say what you will about The Matrix now. At the time, it was cutting edge. Like, the bullet time photography and Mm -hmm. the special effects and the the way that the actors trained in martial arts. And now it's this whole, like, I don't know what they call that gun martial art that he does. Right, right. It's and and the name. whole the whole thing where the bullets slow down and so that yeah, was the first movie to do absolutely. that. Absolutely, you know? uh, I will say he's about to have his third trilogy because Bill and Ted's I, Excellent Adventure. And, and I support the San segment, Dimas High School football rules. <laughs> the uh, segment three will be out, uh, uh, I think, next year. No, uh, I will say to me, my favorite Keanu Reeves moment was actually during Toy Story four. In Toy Story four, he plays the uh, evil Knievel style. Um, stunt jumping motorcycle dude and so in in all of the craziness of toy story 4 tom hanks voice and 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 all the different people that are that are in this they manage towards the end of the movie which is brilliantly written by the way and a must see it's a great film sure uh at the end when the motorcycle dude voiced by keanu reeves finally goes whoa it's it's a wonderful, wonderful moment. And to me, that was when Keanu Reeves finally, like, okay, now I get it. It like, harkens back it. to the moment yes. in, in the first Matrix when they upload the thing and then yes. he snaps awake and he's like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's either, like, the worst actor of our generation or the best. There is no other choice. There's I mean, no other he's, choice. he's an American treasure. There's no question about that. Mm, I, I mean, like you know, the guys like him and like Kurt Russell, where you're just like, I don't even know how this works. But and Gary works. Busey. And Gary Busey. Well, well old Gary Busey. <laughs> old Gary Busey. <laughs> He's gone a little accident. Mm, Gary Busey. Like I, his I, role in 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 uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas oh, as the brilliant. Highway Patrol. Brilliant. <laughs> listen, I get listen. So if you if you have the stomach for it, go back and find how you can stream the season of Celebrity Apprentice that Gary Busey is on. <laughs> Because not only will you get vintage President Donald Trump before he was president, sure. you will get Gary Busey that you just will not be able to believe. Yeah. And one of my favorite people in the world, Penn Jillette's on there. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, so it's, See, uh, it's definitely worth watching. I was thinking DC Cab, but, you yeah, know. Well, DC Cab is, you know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> aging myself with that one. Yeah, this, and, and I will point I, out, we've had more wonderful rabbit holes on this show. This show has been, it's, it's been, <laughs> has been all over the place. It's been like shotguns. What is that in your hand, by the way? So I figured since since like we, it, we have to get to the If point. I may, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's announce the sniff because I promised we were going to do it earlier. And we yes. Didn't. Mm-hmm. The whiskey sniff has been solidified for 2019. We're It will take place upstairs at B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Indeed. And it will be on the Wednesday, the 6th of November. Yes. And we're very excited about it this year. Not only do we already have... it was You know, the first year was great last year. We Phenomenal. had such a good time. But the reports that came out of it and how much fun people had and how many people were, regretted not being able right, to get there were so good that people started clamoring to be a part of it for this year uh really almost before the event was over last year and so we will have i don't know half again as many 
spirits I, I believe available? we've doubled it. Maybe yeah. even a couple Maybe more. Than oh, double. that's okay. just um, music to my ears. And we're going to expand the area. So we've already uh, worked out a plan for where upstairs uh, yeah, we will be doing will be. the entire upstairs, the entire yeah, upstairs. which will include the indoor area. Indeed. Now, but you can't smoke you, inside. Please don't walk in with your cigars. I'm putting that out there now. Right. So, so here's what we got planned, just so you know. We will have a lot of the spirits set up inside, and the outdoor area will be basically the cigar lounge Indeed. Uh, area. The whole upper terrace will be reserved for right. the cigar lounge. So there'll be plenty of room to smoke. You'll come in. You'll get your bag of cigars. You'll light up whatever you want to light up. You'll smoke it. And then true to the what the whiskey sniff is all about, you'll be able to go and sniff your whiskeys. Now, Ian, the whiskey sniff came from your ritual that you have when you're at home and you've lit a cigar. And you smoke it how far? Maybe like quarter of an inch in or Yeah, something? I usually get into the first third of the cigar, about a, about an inch into the cigar, past the uh, past the initial light, which the initial light on a cigar a lot of times is a little different than right. you get a the little more pepper, flavor. you get a little more, right, you, it kind of settles down. But basically, it's, it's, it's very subjective. So you basically, you, you light your cigar and you smoke it to the point where you get that flavor on your palate. Yes. And once you have the cigar flavor on your palate, then it's a very easy thing to walk into your whiskey collection and pop the tops and just give them a smell and go and let your palate basically decide what's going to go with that cigar. And, and it's, it's so easy to do. And it's constantly evolving because, say, for instance, I, I, I light a cigar and I go sniff my whiskeys and I decide, hey, that Glenfiddich 14 is going to go really well with this. And I drink a small glass of it. Say, I don't drink big glasses of whiskey when I'm doing this because this is so evolving. I take a taste and I, I pour a small glass of it and I enjoy it. And then I'm inevitably done with my whiskey way before I'm done with my cigar. So then I go in. Well, now I have now both, of those, again. both right. of those flavors on my palate. And I go smell my whiskey again. There's going to be another whiskey that's going to match it. And, uh, and it just smells right with the cigar. It's a really interesting way to do it. It's just something that I came up with that made sense to me. And I, I can't believe we turned it into and a thing. you called it... Before yeah. we had an event, you called it the we whiskey sniff. We called it the whiskey sniff. Yeah, so, me and my brother came up with this. Uh, we used to talk on the phone a lot. He lives in Arizona. And uh, and so I would be on the phone chatting with him while I was doing this. And somehow between me and him, we came up with the name Whiskey Sniff. And that so, just became a thing. So just to clarify, when you're doing the Whiskey Sniff at home, before there was an event, you've smoked the first third or so of your cigar. And then you actually leave your outdoor area. You walk inside yes. to where your whiskeys are. And you do the sniff. Yes. So we're going to recreate that. Trying to come up with a much closer approximation of what you do. We'll have the outdoor area where everyone can choose what cigar they want to smoke, light it up, smoke the first bit of it. it And then they go into the area. And in fact, uh, Jeremiah, if this is okay, we're going to have a sign made as people walk into the indoor area that will say Ian's living room. That'd be awesome. And we'll walk into Ian's living room where we'll have all of these spirits, even more than what Ian has in his bar at home. And one of the things we learned from the first whiskey sniff is we'll have all of them will have little samples poured out into Glen Cairns to make it easy so to that, do yes. the sniff so that you can really figure out what you want next. Yes. You'll do the sniff, and then you'll walk back out and uh, after you've gotten a little Decided, bit, a little yes. taste of that, and you'll walk back out to enjoy it with your cigar. Now, one of the things that will make this possible, and you may want to think about this for your living room as well, Ian, is that we will have cigar girls posted at the entrance who can hold your cigar for you while you go in. How great Ooh, is that? I do need to do that at my house. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Because I just use an ashtray. Right. But think what how was I cool, thinking? How much cooler well, it would and, be. 
We're working on cigar girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find some. I, 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 I'm sure. We're definitely on it, but I'm also like, as we talk about it out loud, I'm like, man, I don't know. Some lady with like five cigars on a tray <laughs> right under her nose is going to be like, you don't pay me enough for this. Well, <laughs> it's all, all the cigar smoke just going on her face. Or she's going to turn around and be like, oh, you picked Lafroy 10? Rookie. Rookie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, posted the sound quality is excellent. Congrats on doing things the right way. Bravo! I, I, I like to attribute the sound quality of today's show to my wireless microphone. I, I knew you were going because then. the last time when you guys were live on uh, yes. location, you had issues with sound. I didn't have my wireless mic with me. That's true. So I just yeah, well. To be fair, you weren't there, so I feel like it was just sort of overall the universe. I was. was... I was actually there on Facebook. Though. Well, yeah, I mean, you're always there in spirit with us. One of the things that is really interesting about the whiskey sniff is that we're going to have oh, wait, no. not only will Whistle Pig yeah, be Eric. participating this year. Ian, this is Ian, yeah, that's for Adam there. That's, this is Adam's Whistle Pig right here. Uh, uh, yes. Not only will Whistle Pig be participating, but you're going to have a very special Whistle Pig available yeah, so for the sniff. Well, it'll be available at B and B and also available for purchase for uh, at B and B coming soon. Um, but we announced not too long ago, uh, we, we got our first barrel of whistle pig. Um, so Stephanie Maxwell, phenomenal, phenomenal steward of that brand. Um, not only do I just enjoy sitting down and talking to her, uh, as a human, but she knows her whiskey upside down backwards. We love Stephanie. I mean, she she's is the greatest. just an amazing greatest, steward of, yes. of that brand and American whiskey in general. Uh, One of so the we, things about her is that she spent so much time traveling in our region with Dave Pickroll. Absolutely. Sometimes people may have not gotten the appropriate chance to talk yeah. to her because mm-hmm. Dave Pickrell's there. So, like, you're absolutely talking to Dave. You don't realize maybe how knowledgeable no, she is, she is and what she knows about what whiskey. she does. Um, so, so this is our single barrel pick of the Whistle Pig 10-year. So this will be arriving at B&B when? Uh, sometime in the next three weeks-ish. Okay. Uh, and you'll make sure you have some left for us for the... Uh, oh, absolutely. For the uh, well, I got a whole barrel, so that's a lot. Um, I don't know if you've seen a barrel. That is big. the yeah. riest thing I was ever. Say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, so, we just want uh, to do so rye. some ryeness and here. The, and the beautiful thing about when you buy the barrel is you get to keep it at the proof. So this is actually at 119. Love. And wow. a little change. Um, do we speak your language in the final segment, Ian, or what? This this is lovely. I, I do want to point out. Do you see the bottom of my glass there with the? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. This is not the whistle pig. This yeah. is the quint. Oh, the quint. Yes. Yes. Do you see the sediment in the bottom of the yeah, glass? I, I don't know if it's chewy or not, but yes, I do see the sediment. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So the quint was wonderful at what about fifteen percent? Uh, oh, it was amazing. Uh, like Absolutely really amazing. amazing. And now, some overproofed whistle pig. Well, and I feel like with the if you drink a beer like the quint. You have to follow that up with something big. It's got to be big, yeah. and it's got. This and, is... and so, anytime, um, wow, when I sit down to pick barrels, this is definitely a BBW, a big, beautiful whiskey. You know, I have, uh, <laughs> I've talked about it on the show, and I mentioned it when we did Chris's show. Is you know, it's it's interesting when you pick barrels because getting your own palate out of the way is a challenge. Meaning that you have to pick something that you feel like you're Universal. you're. Your customers are going to want, as opposed to just just something that I'm not drinking the barrel, so it's easy for me to sit down and be like, "Boom, 123.9, let's go." Yeah, that's the one I want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, you you would know that Ian would come to the bar. Absolutely, but but one thing I've learned over the evolution now that I've I've you know been afforded the the opportunity to 
purchased many single barrels at this point, and, and there's more to come uh, in the in the spring. By the um, way, can I just say, you're Elijah Craig barrel? Amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I have it every time I come to B&B. Yeah, absolutely. It's so delicious. I'm almost out of it. We're, we're, and we're it's completely, to the, to the completely different from this, by the way. Oh, I I think, yes. Was that what we were destroying the last time? Me yes, and you it was. Yeah, oh, when you guys oh were up on the, on the terrace. Oh, yeah. I'm oh pretty gosh. sure that's the reason he's almost out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gosh, it might so be. But, but so when you pick the barrel with this one, you know, it was, what is the best example of the whistle pig 10 that was put in front of me and this was an intense tasting i mean i literally tasted through 10 or 12 barrels in half an hour wow I mean, like and, and and one of those like and another example hey by all means like i do not like when i taste on that level like i'm spitting you know right, responsible consumption right because you don't well you want to be able to be when you get to those later ones absolutely you don't want to be yeah, you don't want to be like everything's good. This you know? is great. Right. I want another one. whiskey I've ever had. Yeah, and and yeah, so, right. um, but and your ten and, and at that like at that point, I'm also tasting. I don't think anything I tasted was below 108 or something. Right, that'll so burn your tongue. It, it you know it gets you and and so but with this one you know I, I had I actually you know towards the latter part of it uh, I got our GM Keith Garver involved and um, you know we sat and I mean, we tasted through a bunch of rye. And this was the one, it was universal. Like, I even took it blind to a couple of people with a couple of the other examples. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 it won, won hands down. Yeah. Um, I just, it's, it's heavy, but it's approachable. I guarantee you, with a little, little bit of ice as this kind of waters down, it's going to start to get that sweet rye quality. Mm -hmm. You'll still mm -hmm. get the spice in the back, but it's going to be really, really it's neat so good. to have this uh, at the sniff that people can come and actually try something that, like, literally they can't get anywhere else. And one of the wonderful things about the sniff, and I don't think we've set the ticket price uh, for it yet, but it'll be reasonable. But no matter what that ticket price is, yeah. No matter what that ticket price is, the idea of being able to sample the caliber of spirits you'll be able to yeah, sample the lineup this for this year is insane. Is it, I mean, there's no way you could do it for that price. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah it's it's Absolutely. it's crazy. I mean, I'll just throw some names out there because I can't without putting anybody else at like. But I fair mean, enough. We'll have four roses. We'll have William Grant and all the Balvinis and Glenfiddichs and Tullamores and. All their beautiful portfolio. Amazing. Uh, we're we're, we're going to have the, you know the Beam Suntory crew is going to show up. You know awesome. Fernandez. Maybe I can get Krockenberger or Adam to come out. <laughs> I love um, that. Adam is one of the greatest ambassadors. Uh, it, it, uh, well, he won Ambassador of the Year. I mean, the guy's phenomenal at what he does. Uh, so we'll have all, all, all the Beam Suntory, you know, the makers, the knobs, the bookers. Nice. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some crazy Lafroigs and and maybe some Habikis. Uh, I know for sure we're going to have uh, – I'm hoping that they're released. I, and Mike, if he's watching, will yell at me. But uh, I'd like to have the Woodford Straight Series. Uh, they're about uh. to release a – they're about to be the only distillery that I know of that has a full straight line where they're going to have a straight rye, a straight bourbon, a straight malt, and a straight wheat. Nice. That wow. is phenomenal. Um, yeah. But, yeah, some, just some big boys. Uh, you know, and there's some people that we haven't talked to that we're reaching out to. Um, but I, I think this year is going to be my, my goal. Like I told you yesterday, my goal is to have it be so big this year that next year we can't have it at B and B. We gotta, we gotta amazing. go get a space. And that we I, had, you know, I gotta tell you, last year when I was up because uh, your uh, your out outside deck is two levels, sure. And I was standing up on that higher level, and I just turned around and looked, and I just saw this sea of faces, people smoking cigars, trying to get everybody. It was What's just happy? smiling and happy. Yeah. It was amazing. It was so fun. You know, uh, uh, having been to a few events, this seemed like 
the friendliest and most fun event. You know, we we talk about all the time about the Houston Whiskey Social and how much we love that and how it's like the it is like the gold standard. Yes, for, absolutely for those kind of events. And and I still believe that hundred percent. And you you really should buy tickets to that and go. Um, but the whiskey Which stuff, tickets are on sale for yes, that, by they the way. are. Yes. By the way, so uh, Houston com, I yes, believe. Yes. Um, but the whiskey stiff is really a different kind of event, and there's something about it that is just really, I don't know, it's really mellow and fun. Yes. Like that's that's how the first year came off. Anyway, uh, well, the, the goal is to keep that. I mean, that's the whole idea behind. I feel like that's like the vision of what Ian has well, is you want everyone to feel like you're just hanging out on the happens, back porch. You know? What it's, happens is a lot of people walk in, they're not entirely sure what to expect. And when right. you explain it to them, yes, it actually is that casual. You start your cigar, you go in and you just sniff the whiskey and the one that smells nice to you. You don't have to try everything. You can get to it. You can finish your cigar and go try anything you want. But frankly, the, the whole goal of this is to match that whiskey with the cigar and just enjoy that experience. And you don't, you're not required to do anything, right? No, it's, it's just a hang. Yeah, yeah. You and, just and you you can do the whiskey sniff or not do the whiskey. Yeah, sniff I mean, if your goal yeah. is to try every whiskey there, then you know, fine. You're going to be drunk. You're probably yeah. not going to enjoy the rest of your <laughs> night or the next right. morning because there's too many. But but the bottom line is, and sometimes with the whiskey sniff, here's a funny thing: like a lot of people just gravitate towards the most expensive or rare. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not like that though. You smoke your cigar and you go, man, that Weller Twelve. Is the right spot yes, with the, the cigar because yeah because I feel like last year that four roses single barrel oh that four roses was, was just, just was about just, to say it, it just yeah. it people just come out kept so going back it was, and man, back like, and and yeah. Nick four roses will be there Nick's yeah, gonna bring a whole so bunch good. of stuff yeah Nick um, is awesome and 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 that that whiskey is so like they're making such an incredibly good name for yeah. themselves like I I just uh, love those well, guys they just, I mean there's something about doing it right. And, yeah, and and they're they're doing it at a, at a, on a scale that, that it's it's sustainable. Yes, they have some whiskeys that are obviously going to be more allocated mm-hmm. than maybe their normal ones, but even those are still fairly available. Um, I, I just I'm a huge huge proponent of the Four Roses. It's just a brand as a whole. Them. We love them, and and the story again. You know the, the the story of Four Roses and how it came about, and the Absolutely. Four Roses that he left for the ball, and it's just just a beautiful. And thing. that book that they have is yeah. such a wonderful, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, Absolutely yeah, gorgeous. Telling Amazing. the story of what Four Roses is yeah. all about. It's I want to uh, point out this uh, Cohiba, this red dot here. This is a tiny cigar. This is a. It was probably what four and a half. Don't undersell the size a, of your hands by a thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> They're just hands, man. Big hands, big um, heart. Uh, this is putting out. Look, look at the amount of smoke this thing. Just a puff. Wow, for a little guy, that is a lot. Little tiny cigar. Look at the amount of smoke this puts out. This is an outstanding cigar. Uh, thank you, Adam. By the way, this was a gift from Adam. When well, I, I just wanted to mention when you can find one of those little cigars, one of the ones that maybe comes yeah. in the tin, uh, smoking perfectly, and it's really, really good. Yeah, as opposed to just. Okay, I can have a cigar. No. That's that's a thing. This is outstanding. That's a thing. Well, this uh, really has been one of the more I think one of the more interesting shows in a while. We've not only gone down more rabbit holes, but we've uh, we've tasted a really wide and different variety of things and and we've found really all of them to be good in their own uh cool and interesting way. And that's mine for the well. Thank you. Um it's it's been I, I was going to say, wow, I finished my whistle big first, but I think you actually beat me to that. Uh, I, am, I, I I cannot tell you how excited I am about yeah, this barrel whiskey so show up. Yes, man. it really is. Um, so we're really excited about the sniff. More details coming on this. We promised the uh, 
that the ticket price yeah, will be we'll as reasonable the, as we we'll can make the, it. And, and, and yes. the one thing with the ticket price, to be honest, um, I, 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 looking back at last year, I, I think it'll actually be right in line. Yes. And um, and with the people that we've added, um, like, and, and I mean, I'll even throw out a couple of teasers. I can't. These are all subject to change sometimes, but I, I, I feel like having you know some cool ones like like if we hopefully we'll get Cavalon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just some of the other stuff. Uh, we're gonna have Brown Foreman, not just Woodford, but I'm hoping to get the prohibitions from Old Forester. Mm, sweet, yeah. Like that 1920 is one of the most amazing bottles. Like speaking of value, we did the prohibition ale, uh, mm-hmm. or prohibition not ale, prohibition. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Old Forester that, yeah. 1920 so is good. like $28 a bottle, and it's yep. so available, yes. and it's it's uh, it comes at 115 proof. It's amazing stuff. And we so. uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to them yet because this is just announced, but we will be inviting Garrison Brothers. Absolutely, and that's really excited about they're that so too good. because yeah, they're here, so have, good. I, and I, they're I have so. My, Cheat sheet, you know. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk to we got to talk to Mr. Whitmire too. Uh, definitely. So, and then uh, uh, hopefully we'll get Dan down because we're gonna have some Glen Morangies mm. out so, there yeah. for sure. Amazing. Yeah, Dan um, Dan Crawl, if you're uh, watching the show, please just circle that date on your calendar and reserve yes. it now. And uh, I would say the same thing would go for Allardyce too. If yes, you're, yeah, no, you're no you, you you leave Willie G to us. Okay, man. we'll 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 get we'll get Paradise <laughs> and maybe 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 Jack from Tully and uh, we'll we'll get some guys down. But for me, the biggest thing is having those people that are approachable, that like know the spirits, they they know the idea of what we're doing, you know, and, and just making it as comfortable and casual and warm as possible. At the end of the day, absolutely, it's a bunch of friends smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. Yeah. Yes. Well, I have to say, this has been one of my favorite shows that we've done in a long time. I've just really. Uh, yeah, love just hanging and smoking and I drinking with you guys. just about to say, it's been and, more like a hangout session. And to be honest, that's kind of what the original vision for the yep. show always was. And, you know, sometimes we have the opportunity to introduce people to something new or really showcase something cool, and we love doing that, whether it's beers or whiskeys or rums or whatever it is, or Aquavit. But uh, this is just... This has just been a great deal of fun. So yeah. thank you, Jeremiah, for oh, being on the thank show. Thank you guys for having and, you rock, and, baby. And Always. just, by the way, thank you to you and to B&B for being a sponsor of the show. Absolutely. This is a, uh, it, it's it's just been a wonderful uh, it's only partnership. Get and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. And I know you got other things coming that you'll be able to talk about soon in the future. There's, there's, there's a big yes. one up my sleeve that I can't wait to talk about. And when okay. we get there, it will, we'll talk at length. We've and, been uh, uh, we've nice. been just teasing that it exists and nothing more. But it's uh, it's going to be exciting. It's a whisper so right thank now. thank you to you guys for checking out the show and for uh, uh, following us, whether you uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, or whether you are uh, on the uh, Android side of things at Google Play, or whether you watch the show live on Facebook, or check us out on YouTube. One of the things we would ask for you is if you enjoy the show and you have friends you think would, uh, please share it with them. We appreciate yes, it. Yes, please share. And, hit the share button. Hit the like button. Shout out to Adam behind the glass. Yes, thank you so much, Adam, on the wheels of steel. Uh, and uh, thank you to um, to everybody who provided the Casa fine de Monte Cristo. spirits. And Yes, absolutely. These guys are awesome, and, and uh, they're one of our favorites. We appreciate it. Thanks to Wiki Brian for keeping us straight. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I generally, uh, genuinely... Enjoy hanging out with you guys. Absolutely. Which is what makes this all so fun. Thank you and cheers. Thank you.